Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. YouTube from Cultaholic Wrestling and welcome to the latest thrilling instalment of this tier ranking malarkey. I'm joined once again by another Gary YouTube. I'm not doing these back to back with the NXT roster, which means I'm absolutely shattered after a two hour and 50, 50 minute slog with Tom. Bloody <laughs> hell. Anyway, we're here with Gary YouTube. How are you doing, Gary? I'm not too bad. I'm feeling a bit, feeling a bit scared actually about this one because you've pointed out that this is massive. There's a so, lot of roster members. I think there were 66 on the NXT roster, and there's 81 on this uh. AEW roster, and that's not including people like Thunder Rosa, for example, who isn't officially signed to the company but has been very prominent on AEW this year. It feels weird not to include her, but I've just included the official AEW roster as per their official Website. So there's 81 to get through. Obviously, we've done the Raw, the SmackDown, and the NXT rosters. So we'll compare how many are in the best tier come the end of all of the tiers. And then whoever has the most, that means they've got the best roster for the 2020-2021 season. God. Right, just, I'm ready. Just in case you're wondering, we're sat here on December the 14th. So just in case anything we say is out of date, that's when we're doing the rosters. Hopefully nothing happens on the Dynamites rounding off the year of 2020. Sam, hit the bloody intro, Bonnie lad. So just in case you haven't been here before, we have several tiers here to put the 81 members of this roster into, ranging from the best to lovely, 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 all right, just about bearable, and get in the bin. And Jack, we're starting with Adam Hangman Page, who has had one hell of a year, starting off with becoming the uh, the tag team champions with that there Kenny Omega bloke. Uh, I mean, Ross, we're starting off straight away with, he's got to be in the best, hasn't he? He's straight in the best straight away, yeah. I don't know if there's much we can really say. Uh, he's been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, the storyline with Kenny Omega and the Elite and his sort of distancing from the Elite, getting kicked out eventually of the Elite by the Young Bucks, the matches he's had from Revolution to the finals against Kenny Omega, the match with FTR. I don't know what else you have to say, really. Shall we just move on? I, I think, yeah, he's it, been absolutely superb. Not I'll, What I will say is not just his matches, but his matches have been brilliant, especially the tag ones. But his acting, his performing... Apparently, it was meant to be 
that he would be the one who would turn heel, but he was so good at getting sympathy from the crowd that they thought, no, he'll be the hero, he'll be the good guy, and I'm all for it. The good examples of AEW listen to the crowd where perhaps another company might have just done the thing they wanted to do. I don't want to throw shade, but, you know, it would have happened, wouldn't it, Jack? I I don't want to comment on that at all. We're shills for AEW here, remember. (laughs) Thank you, Tony Khan, for all your money. So next up, we have Alan Angels of the Dark Order, who started off the air on fire, losing squash matches to the likes of Lance Archer and Ray Phoenix. But he had a match against Kenny Omega. I think it was the start of the the lockdown, that weird little barn they had in an undisclosed location era of AEW, where he had a, a match against Kenny Omega, and he was very impressive. Remember that one? I do remember that one. I don't know if it's enough to secure him a high place here, though. No, and then after that one, he had the uh, he joined the Dark Order and he won his debut match as part of the faction against Lee Johnson. He spent much of the year on Dark, so I don't know what else we can say about him, really, but there we have Alan Angels. He's good at the wrestling, not sure about his tattoo game, but he's good at the wrestling all the same. Uh, he is good. I'm not, I don't want to doubt that he's good, but can are we alright putting good wrestlers in one of the lower tiers because I think he might have to go in one of the lower tiers unfortunately bearable I don't think he's bin worthy that match against Kenny Omega no no he's not he's not he's not Dr. Luther level no spoilers (laughs) but (laughs) um, uh, yeah bearable bearable for me and then we're moving on to Alex Reynolds who what's his role I would compare if Ross if the Dark Order or if those two lads were me and you I feel like you would be John Silver and I'd be in your shadow as Alex Reynolds. I feel like... Wow. That's going to be a compliment there. I know, I'm flattered. I feel like Reynolds has been elevated by his partnership with John Silver. So I want to say, even though he's not as hilarious and he's not as... He's not the one, he's not the one out of the two who grabs the headlines and the memes, but I think he's got to be middle tier for me. All right, in the middle there. What would you say? What would you say? I mean, that's that's the thing. Oh, God, I've grabbed Mel. I've grabbed Mel instead of him. Sorry, oh, Mel. Oh, God, Mel. I forgot about Bloody Mel. Bloody Mel. Mel is on the tier <laughs> list, everybody. She's on the official AEW roster. I know. I'm as shocked as you. But, yeah, Alex Reynolds, he's always there. I couldn't name you a single match he's had uh, this calendar year. Nothing sticks out in my mind. What does stick out, though, is the stuff on being the elite that I have seen and his sick combos with Johnny Hungy in the matches, the kicks and the German suplexes and all that. I think he, he is all right. He has a role to fulfil and he's a, a specialist in recruitment after all. So we'll stick him in all right. I think sticking him a tier above... Um, what's his name? Just Alan Angels. Angels. Sorry, it's been yeah. a long day already. Uh, a tier above Alan Angels is probably fair, would you say? I think that's right. I don't think we can put him on the same level as Alan Angels because he's, been, he's been a little bit more present and he's done a little bit more. Anna Jay, the first lady of AEW, made her debut in a loss to Shida on Dynamite. She was then signed soon after that. She then lost the match to Abaddon, and then she was held backstage by the Dark Order, and then she joined the Dark Order, and since then we've had uh, the stuff with Tay Conti, sort of teasing Tay Conti, potentially joining the Dark Order. They were involved, of course, in the Women's Tag Team Tournament that beat the team (laughs) of Nyla Rose and Ariane Andrew Cameron. Oh, Cameron. Remember that one? And then they got I remember the... it. Is she on this list or not? No, she's not on this list. Right. Owen brings her up all the time to me because apparently in my graded when she appeared, apparently on that episode of Graded, I went very scouse. According to Owen, who's a, an expert in such matters, apparently I went, and bloody hell, it's Cameron. I was just so surprised <laughs> that I forgot which region that I'm from, apparently. 
She does have that effect on people. That's how uh, <laughs> shattering and monumental Cameron is at the wrestling. To be fair, she wasn't that bad. She only had one match. What am I speaking about? Move on, Ross. Uh, but semi-finals, the team of Tay Conti and Anna Jay got to in the in the tournament before getting knocked out by the eventual winners of Eva Lise and Diamante. And then since then, we've had a women's title match for uh, Anna Jay once again against Sheeda, which of course she lost. But again, I think. Similar level to, to to Alex Reynolds rather than Alan Angels, I'd say. I, w- I was going to say all right here as well because I feel like I feel like there's a lot of promise there as well. I was really impressed with her title match. Not so much what she did in the match, but she's really good at um, she's a really good actress. She's good at reacting to the situation and what's going on. She seemed like the underdog, and and she's got that whole conflict going on with Tay Condi where she's trying to turn her heel as well so I think alright T is fair for Anna Jay oh yep finished oh. oh he finished he's finished I thought he was still I going had there one, I had one more thing and then I forgot what it was and I just wanted to try and bring it to an end there there was another thing about Anna Jay oh yes her debut was really good because she came out and you thought it was all about her and then Abaddon came out and just destroyed her but Anna Jay played a part in that as well, so fair play to her. I forgot about that one. That was a good Swervington on the part mm. of AEW. But now moving on to a couple of lads who I think have been underutilised this year in 2020, and that is TH2, the hybrid two of Angelico and Jack Evans. You're looking at the highlights for the year, and the, there was a loss to SCU on Dynamite. They had wins and losses on Dark. They haven't really stood out on Dark either. They challenged FTR for the tag team titles in October. Then we had the very recent loss to the Young Bucks, and that's about it. Are we doing these as one? Doing these as one. They are attacking. Uh, I'm do torn. Think, do you think one should be above the other? No, no, no. They've pretty much done the same, haven't they? But... I'm just torn which tier to put them in. For me, it's between all right and bearable. It's got it got. I would suggest bearable just because of their bookings. It's not really their fault, is that when they've had the matches, they've impressed, and the, the theme tune is a banger. It's a bop. I think some people might call it. But um, just in terms of how they've been utilised in 2020 as a whole, which of course is how we're grading these people. I forgot to mention that again at the top of the video. We're basing these off how their 2020 has been. Yeah. Um, Bearable. I think they're, they're capable of a hell of a lot more, and maybe, and maybe it's just AEW just saving people, just keeping them, you know, off the boil for a while before letting the pot boil over and water spurt everywhere. Maybe next year that'll happen for TH2, but I reckon bearable for for me. I, I reckon that as well. I think that it's not their fault, and and obviously the problem with AEW is that they often have a, a lot of they sign a lot of people who are like indie favourites wherever they're from but someone's always got to lose mm. to get other teams over and that's the role they're in at the minute so fair enough uh, it's not their fault and it's not necessarily a bad thing but they're only just about bearable for me as well and now we're moving on to another tag team a recent addition to the full time roster in AEW the acclaimed recent Cultaholic Hall of Fame members I do believe on the podcast for something one of them said uh, some sort of sick burn I can't remember what it was off the top of my head but they debuted on Dark all the way back in June with a loss to the Jurassic Express and then I've just got written down big things to come surely because on Dark I know they cut the they cut the, the what's the word I'm looking for Jack what do the YouTubers do distracts they spit some bars spit some bars in the form of distracts to their opponents and whatnot. I saw they were on Britt Baker's waiting room segment thing impressing there once again but I don't think they've done the rest and all too much to be ranked any higher than just about bearable batches because they've just arrived on the scene yeah same I agree with you there but if we do this next year I feel like they could be quite a bit higher one of them in particular right 
It's that Max Caster. He's got something about that him. Max he's got Caster. That Max Caster. He's got something about him. He's got a charisma, and I'm, I'm excited to see what they do. They're was in he... a feud with the Bucks now as well, so it's yeah. pretty high. Uh, was he one of the sisters of Bobby Lashley on Raw? You see that on Reddit? Uh, it recently got revealed on Reddit or Twitter, yeah, Unbelievable yeah. Unbelievable scenes. Anyway, moving on to Tay Conti, who we spoke about earlier on with her relationship with uh, Anna Jay. Is she going to be a part of the Dark Order? Is she not? No, she wasn't, it turns out. But um, she had no matches in NXT at the start of the year. She was released by WWE in April. Then she rocked up in AEW as part of the Women's Tag Team Tournament, getting it to the semi-finals. I found out, by the way, in my research, the tag team of Judas Saurus is a thing. Judo and Saurus. So Judo, Luchasaurus. It's the Judo half is Tay Conti and the, the Saurus part is Luchasaurus. And they defeated Chris Bay and Ray Lynn, the team called Bay Cray. All oh. the names, all the names. Cray Bay, oh, it's all crazy stuff. Uh, Warriors of Wrestling, that was. Warrior Wrestling, Stadium Series, wow. apparently. Um, she, needs but, to, she needs to join Jurassic Express. Yeah. Then she really does. Judo and Saurus. Her and Anna Jay can have a feud. They were, they were former friends. Now they're part of different stables. It's got to happen. Gang warfare, like 1997 on Monday Night Raw. And then yes. we have a, a loss to Nyla Rose on Dynamite. And then she's had a couple of wins on Dark. And that's just about it for Tay County. So I don't know if we're hampered again just by, you know, lack of usage more than anything else. Bearable or all right? One of the two. Be- bearable. Bearable. I think a step below Anna Jay is fair on that one there. And then for we've now. got. Yeah, for now. That's weird because she, she always looks impressive. When she mm-hmm. gets in the ring and does her Jodo things. But NXT haven't used her. So far, AEW haven't used her. Maybe that'll change next year. But do you reckon there's an issue there with Tay Conti, Jack, with your professional wrestling knowledge <laughs> and and, spe- it, and specialist knowledge? What, like like when a talented football player gets like sold about because they're a dressing room? Do you, do you mean like there's something going on? I just more meant in terms of what they do inside the ring rather than being a troublemaker, oh, rather than being a Ravel no. Morrison of the situation, you know? No, I think she's absolutely... F- I think... I think she's fine. I guess they just haven't found a space for her yet, which is odd because the women's division seems quite limited at the minute. So maybe she's one that could go a bit higher in future. Maybe she should join the NWA women's roster and then she might get somewhere in AEW. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now we're moving on to someone who I can't stand every single time I see him. It's Austin Gunn. <laughs> I just like yeah. when he's screaming on the on the sidelines on Dynamite. Um, to be honest with you, one of my New Year's re- uh, resolutions is to watch more AEW Dark because I've, I'm cr- I'm a criminal in terms of not giving that thing as much attention as I should do because everyone seems to have a right old jolly laugh on there, especially Taz and Excalibur. But on AEW Dark, maybe Austin Gunn is Mr. AEW Dark because he's been involved in 14 matches on Dark this year and he has won all 14. Wow. I, I imagine... Dark. I imagine that it's really hard if if you're having a day being an extra in the crowd at Dynamite and you're a bit tired, bit hungover, it's just not your day and you're next to Austin Gunn. Do you get I the same feeling feel... when you see him there just like <sighs> screaming at the top of his lungs the entire time? I feel like if he wasn't Billy Gunn's son and he was just some random developmental worker, someone would have had a word with him and been like, <laughs> stop making it all about you. But either either he's got away with it because he's Billy Gunn's son, or he just doesn't care <laughs> and he's just going for it anyway. I hope it's the latter, just just for his cause. But uh, he has had one match on Dynamite this year. He made his debut in November, teaming with his dad and Cody Rhodes to he defeat. He got a pinfall. He did. I. He defeated uh, Ten Silver and Cabana of the Dark Order. Um, where do we go for Austin Gunn here? Because obviously a lot of his stuff has been on, on Dark. I haven't seen it. I presume it was good, just because he's Austin Gunn. 
Um, just about bearable because he's not a total detriment to the show when he's involved. I feel like <laughs> that sounds like such a backhanded compliment. He's all right. I, I think that I I was impressed with him in that match he had on Dynamite. I thought he was good. Very baby face. Yeah. Such a baby face. But you could also see him a proper being a proper annoying heel as well. Just the way. Yeah. Proper proper frat boy. Is that the right phrase? You know what I mean? I think he's. I got. I get frat boy vibes from him certainly. I think bearable for me, for Austin. Oh, and then we're moving on to Hikaru Shida, who will be a controversial placing in this year tier ranking because, uh, she, yes, she is AEW Women's World Champion. She's been that for a while now, but I find myself not caring at all during her matches. Do you find do you find something similar happening? You know what? I thought that I was going to be the one undervaluing her here, and you were going to be the one saying, "No, she's not that bad." But she's not I agree. bad. She's a fantastic wrestler. I enjoy her matches, but I just don't find myself getting invested at all. No, I, I agree. Maybe part of it is the fact that people like Riho can't wrestle in AEW at the minute with the travel restrictions, maybe. And she's got not that many fresh opponents to have matches with. She's had loads of matches with Nyla Rose, for example. But something about her that I just also can't care about. And it's not the fact that she's obviously she's English as a second language and she's quite limited in her it's promos not, but not with that, it's not it's not that Alaska, right exactly and, and they keep Sheeda's promos quite simple and she delivers them fine it's more just the booking I think again the booking hasn't re- now right now as we record this is the first Hikaru Shida storyline in a while that I've been quite invested in with Abaddon because she's quite scared of Abaddon and it's quite interesting to see where that might go but yeah for the most part I've not been that invested in her title reign and she does one thing in every match that I find oh so irritating Ross she'll do an Irish whip and then throw a drop kick and it's the spot where you know where the opponent hooks themselves in the ropes Mm. and then you crash and burn on the drop like you miss the drop kick and just land on the canvas but she throws the drop kick before they've even reached the ropes so she throws them drop kick back well of course you've missed it you're not waiting for them to come back you've just ruined every single Sheeta match for me from here on I'd never noticed that before but I'm going to see it every single time aren't I you bastard you've ruined everyone's experience of Sheeta going (laughs) forward from here on out but looking at highlights for this year obviously she defeated Nyla Rose in a no disqualification match to win her title ages ago uh, our last match this year was against Anna Jay, that title defence that we mentioned earlier. That was in November. Uh, the Thunder Rosa stuff, good matches. Good oh, matches yeah, yeah. all around, yeah. And now the stuff with Abaddon. I did like the, the sort of... Um, I didn't like the way she was like, oh, Abaddon, you're just a woman who dresses up like a zombie. I don't like that because it's wrestling. Imagine if back in 1990 people were saying that about The Undertaker. You're just a man who dresses up like a, like a dead man. I don't like that part, but I like the way she's sort of like convincing herself that Abaddon isn't really a dead lady. I just wish they went, went about it a different way. Yeah, she, she deep down she knows that Abaddon's really a zombie. She yeah, knows that. Of course she does. Yeah. The, they are real in the wrestling, but she that... It's all right, or it's lovely, lovely, lovely for me. It's one of the two. Maybe it's lovely, 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 because she's a step above Anna Jay and a step above Reynolds, surely. Yes, but not, not, not at the best, though. Not at the best. No. And which is go- where she should... Which, as the, as the champion of the women's division, that's where she should be, but she's not quite there for me. Or maybe it's just symptomatic of AEW's women's division as a whole and how it's been booked the entire year round, because it, it, needs, it needs redoing, doesn't it? Starting again from the bottom. Working away back. Maybe. 
From being revealed as the exalted one in March to double or nothing where despite losing to John Moxley, he came out looking like a true main event star, to the squash match that shocked the world against Cody, followed up by that brutal dog collar match, Jack and I decided that lovely, lovely, lovely is where Mr. Brody Lee should be placed on this tier list for what he did inside of the wrestling ring in 2020. For both of us, the feeling was that towards the autumn especially, he was really getting going in his new role. And while we had seen some greatness in the ring last year, there was so much more to come in 2021. We both felt that as the Mr. Brody Lee character continued to evolve as the year went on, it was John Huber finally arriving to the level we knew he was capable of fulfilling for so long. With Brody Lee's passing in mind and after hearing the catalogue of stories highlighting what a good man he was and coming out of what many, including I, consider to be the greatest tribute show in pro wrestling history, it's become very clear indeed that the true value of Brody's life is what he meant to people outside of the wrestling ring. Whether they be his fellow wrestlers or fans, or most importantly, his family at home, as a husband, a father, a friend, a mentor, a Huber boy, the right stuff, a roughneck, a follower, a bludgeoner, or an exalted one. While you will see John Huber in lovely, lovely, lovely for the rest of this video for what he did in the ring during 2020, ignore that, will you? Because it's what he did outside of the ring that meant so much more to everyone who crossed paths with him and means that he's above and beyond the best tier in any walk of life. From all of us here at Cultaholic, rest in power, Big Rig. Arn Anderson, where are we going for Arn? Oh, we're doing managers as well. Oh, um, yes. Arn, for me, is either all right or lovely, lovely, lovely. Maybe lovely, lovely, lovely. All I think right. he's done a good job. That's the thing uh, as well. In this tier rank, before people start burning their pitchforks or whatever and throwing them in our direction, context is key. I know I can see Arn Anderson above, you know, Alex Reynolds and Anna Jay in this table. Context is key. Remember that much. It is it is just 2020. We're not saying that Arn's second tier throughout his whole career. Um, I want. I really want to know what Arn whispers to Cody when they make their entrance when he, behind the clipboard because I reckon he tries to pop him he tries to make him chuckle away and Cody never does so I really want to know what they say to each other I'll suck your cock Cody yes. <laughs> something like that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. made him sound like Paul, Paul Bear, Bear. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I tell you what I reckon on is fully deserving of lovely 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 just for that promo he had off the promo off he had oh. with Jake, Jake the Snake Roberts that made me want to see Jake the Snake versus Arn Anderson in 2020 he out-promoed Jake. Unbelievable he, scenes. One of the best promos ever, and on out-promoed him. Mm. Fantastic. Brandon Cutler uh, has had one match on Dynamite, which was the TNT title number one contendership Battle Royal back in May. Apart from that, he's had the big storyline with Peter Avalon on Dark, the race to the bottom. Uh, then they became the, initi the initiative, didn't they? A tag team for a little bit. Then they split up again. Then they feuded. They had the matches where one of them was looking for their first win in AEW, but they had a countout and then a double DQ. And then eventually Peter Avalon won, which means that beyond any shadow of any doubt, Brandon Cutler is the worst wrestler in all of AEW. And that's before we consider him crapping on Jim Ross on Twitter not too long ago. <laughs> you see that one? I quite like that, though, to be fair. That was quite funny. Because yeah. imagine you've got a commentator who then... Well, I, I talked about this with Tom on the news today at the time of recording. And I, <laughs> I don't know if I should say this. I compared JR to Matthew on the Cultaholic podcast because Matthew just slags off what we do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and still... JR... Sorry, yeah. Well, yeah. 
Yeah, I was just speaking this with Andrew next door. I was like, why does Matthew just crap on what we do and then he turns up on our podcast hosting it? Like, why why are you here, Matthew? Well, that's what JR does. On, he turns up on commentary, then he goes on his podcast and just slags off the product. So I guess Matthew's a bit braver because he does it to our faces on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but I, I quite like that from Brandon. Don't know if it's good enough for him to escape bottom tier, though. It's one of the bottom two, and I don't know which one. Yeah, but since becoming undoubtedly the worst wrestler in all of AEW by losing to Peter Avalon, uh, Brandon Cutler has won eight straight matches on Dark. Oh. So then, it's either bin or it's bearable. I don't. Is it? I don't think he's bin. He's all no, right. He's a good. Re- he's a good wrestler, isn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah. no bearable. But then again, he's only had one match on Dynamite this year, so who knows? It was bearable. It was a bearable performance. Do you watch Dark every week? Not every week. No. No, I should, to, but there's just so conscious. much wrestling. Yeah, that's what, yeah. That's what I mean. When we go home, I try to get away from wrestling. Me, I don't know about you. Exactly. Yeah. Although I did find myself watching Triple A, Triple Mania the other night. I've not and seen what, that yet. It, what a wacky show that was. Spider Man was there. I've seen the two lads going through the tables. The two old fellas. Wolf. What's the crap with Wolfpack Sting? Is it Chessman? Oh, Chessman. Yeah, Chessman and. Um, Is that Wolfpack, oh, the guy- Wolfpack Sting fella? I t- I don't know if he's Wolfpack Sting. He's got the similar he looks, face. He looks like him. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he looks and he and he hit poor um, Hugo Savinovich with a guitar <laughs> for well, you no do reason. That Hugo, do you? <laughs> Hugo bladed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, from Hugo Savinovich to a similar sized unit in Brian Cage, who um, dub- debuted at Dublin Nothing back in May. Obviously, the surprise final entrant in the Casino Ladder match. He did well in that one, didn't he? He won the bloody thing. He was then given the FTW Championship by Taz. Why? We still aren't quite sure as we're sat here in December. What do you reckon of the FTW Championship so far? I can take or leave it, but it's starting to get mentioned, isn't it? Taz wants to legitimise it. Cody doesn't. Give it the respect. Yeah, give it the respect it deserves, absolutely. But for me, I care more about Team Taz and everything else they do than I do that, that belt. I like the concept. It just needs to be, I don't know, solidified more as an actual thing rather than just, I've got this belt and you can't really win it off me, but then you yeah. can. Certain... Yeah. Um, then we have the rivalry, obviously, with John Moxley. Excuse me, with Taz throwing in the towel. Keeping Brian Cage strong um, at Fight for the Fallen. Then we had impressive moments in Dark. I remember a match he had with Matt Seidel, I think it was, and Matt jumping off the middle rope. And then Brian Cage catching him, his head there in a suplex, and then they went and did a suplex. It was amazing. Do you remember that one? I do very. I can't imagine what it's like being that strong Yeah, but he's well, agile too he's got everything he? the total package yeah. Brian Cage eat that one Lex Luger uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, then he, obviously the stuff for Will Hobbs towards the end of the year he had a match for the FTW title against Big Willie um, which he won obviously and then Powerhouse Hobbs joined Team Taz so there's Brian Cage's first few months in AEW I want to see more. I'm obviously impressed with what he does in the ring, but with him just stood there on the periphery of Team Taz and just going like, yeah, who better at the end? I want to see more. Yeah, I do as well. So are you thinking all right or lovely, lovely, lovely? I reckon all right at this stage because I reckon there's a bit more to come from Brian Cage. I don't know if I don't know if he's a good promo. I assume he can speak more than just who better, yeah, every yeah. single time. Uh, go on then. Yeah, yeah, all right. Stickman. I was right. I was gonna say lovely, 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 but you've made a good case there. Why would you stickman lovely, lovely, lovely? Let's hear the opposite side. Just when it whenever he has a match, I think, well, something crazy is gonna happen because he's capable of outrageous things. But it doesn't always happen. But I get that feeling every time he's about to have a match. Believe him in all right. Is he oh no, I've put it on the same level as Alex Reynolds. I cannot do that. He's in he's in lovely, lovely, lovely. 
No offence to Alex move, Reynolds. Do we move Reynolds down? We've got to do it, haven't we? Anna Jane well, down as well? Um. No. She's, no had a sta- like... she's had a standout match, to be fair. I don't think Alex Reynolds has. Yeah. Has he? Right, so yeah. we've sorted that one out. You see, this is how it works in the tier ranking thing. It, it changes as we go along. That's the beauty of the entire thing. If you stop watching at any point, you're missing out. You've got to watch all f- seven hours of this video. Serena Deep, Jack. Oh. Oh, man. She's lovely, lovely, lovely virgin on top tier for me. Yes. And it's weird. <coughs> I thought she was a member of the NWA women's roster full time. I didn't realise that AEW officially signed her a few days after her debut. But that's what happened. Ah, but she's the champion still. So but she was uh. the champion of the uh, NWA after winning the title from Thunder Rosa back in September, I think it was, at United Wrestling Network's premier live event. Primetime yeah. live event or <clears> something <throat> like that. Yeah. It was an NWA thing, yeah. She had lots of good matches, of course, against Thunder Rosa especially. Alison K <coughs> as well. Uh, the match against Thunder Rosa on Dynamite was maybe the best AEW women's match on Dynamite this year. The one against Alison K, did you say? Thunder Rosa on Dynamite. Sorry, th- oh, Alison K was at the pay-per-view, wasn't yeah. she? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, the Thunder Rosa one was really, really good. I'd, I'd agree with that, yeah. And the last match she had was on November the 18th, and there she we have it. She's in lovely, 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 I think. That's yeah. fair enough there. Then we have FTR, who, of course, started this year in WWE. Their final televised match in WWE was all the way back on January the 31st where they had a fatal four-way tag where the winners went to Super Showdown. Of course, they didn't win that. Their final appearance in WWE was in February, where they helped attack Intercontinental Champion Braun Strowman. Whew, oh, I can't remember wow. that happening at all. Uh, then, of course, we have the uh, the news reports coming out, which got proven to be true, I think, of the awful gimmick idea Vince McMahon had them <sighs> dressing up in that silly costume with glow sticks and stuff. What that was about, I've got no idea. Then we had the cease and desist. So they've left WWE now. They've had the cease and desist from the revolt of Caleb Conley and Zane Riley about their name because apparently, well, initially, of course, it was uh, Fear the Revolt. Yeah. And they got changed. Then we had the AEW debut in May, saving the Young Bucks from the Butcher and the Blade. They then debuted in AEW in June by defeating the Butcher and the Blade. Then we have where interactions with the Young Bucks, sort of helping them, but not helping them, being a bit snide towards the Bucks, hinting at the match that would eventually happen. The stuff with Hangman Page, I especially like sort of getting into Hangman's head and splitting up Kenny Omega and Hangman from within. Uh, after initially debuting of course they then signed their contracts a couple of months later into their debut run they then attacked the Rock and Roll Express that was another highlight for me I've written down there defeated Hangman and Omega at All Out um, then they've won a few tag team champ- uh, won a few tag team matches and then lost the tag team titles to uh, the Bucks at full gear in one hell of a match Whew, that's a busy year where are we going for these two I'm, I'm really torn between top tier and second tier because I feel like they shouldn't have lost the belt I don't know uh, I thought they were they were always going to with the I don't know if this is just me being too cynical but the Young Bucks being in the position they are backstage I reckon they put that silly stipulation on it so people might like me and you were going to go oh well they were never going to lose that match with that stipulation on it mm, oh I don't know. I don't know which one because they they're they're always great. They're always really good in the ring. Like you expect that from them. But have they been utilized as well as they could have been? Also, there was that weird, weird attempt at a storyline which they quickly switched off, which was the Young Bucks starting to turn heel and then not, and that affected the feud with FTR. Yeah. 
I, I don't know if they've been quite as well booked as they could have been. I'll I'll go with that. Lovely, lovely, lovely. All the yeah. same because they did have one of the matches of the year, of course. And I've, I like the relationship they have with Tully, and I like the way they yeah. split, I like the way they got in Hangman's head as well. That was another highlight as well. That's true. Maybe they should. Uh, nah, lovely, I think lovely, I think lovely, you're fine. Yeah, yeah, I think this, the, that that thing with the Bucks really did ruin their ruin their feud, but not ruin it, but you know hamper it a little bit. Yeah. Um, then we move on to someone who is still officially a part of the AEW roster, Emi Sakura. No oh. matches in AEW this year, but that largely because of the pandemic. Instead, she's been appearing for, and you're going to have to pardon my enunciation here, potentially, Jack, but Gato Move Pro Wrestling? Is that, is that how it's pronounced? Do you oh, yeah, I've, I've, heard of, I've heard of Gato Move. Um, they're, they're the ones who have matches in like a, on like a gym mat through a window. It's weird. A gym mat Very through weird. a window? The, the, the ring, there's no ring, it's just a gym mat. And then there's also a window above it, which they sometimes run around the back of and jump through. Bizarre. Like, and whenever eight, I'm doing, like an 80s action flick or something like that. Whenever I'm preparing wrestlers of the... Well, the window is very low down. Like, it looks crap deliberately. So whenever I'm doing wrestlers of the week, I have a little check to see if there's any good matches that I've missed that week. So I'll go on cage match or whatever and type in, like, search by best ranked matches. And people love it. I have to ignore all those silly Gatto move matches because they're always ranked so highly. And then I'll find it and watch it. And I'm like... Bollocks! What? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it at all. So I'm gonna it's very, leave, very weird. I'll leave this one up to you because that's where all of her wrestling just about this year has happened in Gato Move Pro Wrestling. So is it bin or is it bearable? Well, I, I don't know what she, I don't know what to do because she's good. She's good, but it was in 2019 that I enjoyed her. And to be honest, I've not seen any of her Gato Move matches. I've seen some of Lulu Pencil's matches in Gato Move. Yes, there's a wrestler called Lulu Pencil. I don't know what I don't know what to do with Emi Sakura. Um, oh, bearable, bearable. Go on, bearable. I'll put her in the bin um, for you. I know you want to say. It. I know you want to say, it, but you don't want to say. It, so yeah, it's a pandemic's fault in it. And then moving on to Mel. Stupid Gato move. Oh, Mel can get in the bin. Sorry, Mel. Mel, Mel has Sorry, had a Mel. match on Dynamite what? this year. Bash at no the, way. Bash at the beach. Chris Statlander and Sheeda defeat the team of Brandy Rhodes. And Mel. Yes, the Nightmare Collective was still a thing in 2020. No. Since then, since then, she's had three matches on Dark, and also she's appeared for Cape Championship Wrestling. Oh, fair enough. But Mel, Mel can go in the bin. I feel worse for Mel than maybe any other member of the AW roster. Why is that? Because she got brought in as part of the Nightmare Collective, and, and then the Nightmare Collective got rightly scrapped, and Mel's never been given anything else really yeah three matches on dark and that's your lot for this year and it's weird that maybe they're just waiting for her hair to grow back because of course the, the no. nightmare collective shaved it off no i think she should keep that look you know she look she look tough and cool but the nightmare collective man oh dear me can't wait to put brandy in the best here because that's where brandy <laughs> has to go she's the best uh chris jericho oh he's got to be top tier hasn't he yeah he's got to be top tier yeah, I've enjoyed pretty much everything he's done in AEW, and I've 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 disliked pretty much everything he's done outside of AEW in 2020. 
Of course, he started this year as AEW World Champion. He dropped the title to John Moxley after trying to get John Moxley into the inner circle with the car and all that malarkey. The car that John Moxley licked because he's a cheeky scamp. Was it the fastest car in the world or something they used to say back in the day? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Um, inner circle versus the elite, which was building initially towards the blood and guts match before that was postponed and never heard from again. Instead, we got the stadium stampede match, which brought Matt Hardy in. And of course, the meme machine that is Chris Jericho rolled on with the release the house thing in his yes. hot tub where he wore leather pants in his hot tub for reasons. Uh, on AEW commentary, of course, he was amazing every single time. Even if for me, I'm just asking from a pure storyline perspective, Jack the Jobber, within the realms of kayfabe, why did Chris Jericho keep getting like invited back to commentary? I can't explain it in kayfabe terms. It's just because he's good, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. glad I'm not the only one. Uh, then we had the stuff with Orange Cassidy, of course, the, the however long. What, how many, he keeps saying... What? How long did it last for the feud? He kept saying the number. I can't remember what it was in terms of months and weeks and whatever. Oh, did he? I don't actually. I don't actually know. A few months, a good few yeah. months of Orange Cassidy feud, uh, culminating with the Mimosa Mayhem match, um, even getting the lazy Orange Cassidy, of course, to orchestrate a Home Alone esque prank with the the orange juice from the the rafters. Oh yes. How did Orange yeah. Cassidy pull that one off? Um, then of course we had the storyline with MJF joining the inner circle, the dinner de debonair, whatever the hell that was thing was. I thought it was fantastic. Do you think it was mm-hmm. fantastic? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the song. And then the trip. Well, to- M- MJF did better than Jericho. Though. Yeah, he did. He showed him up completely. Yeah. Um, but he still gave it his all, <laughs> looking like a tomato. So he did, Chris Jericho. And then of course we had the stuff in Vegas. And then we find ourselves today with the M- uh, with the with the MJF with the inner circle potentially splitting up, but not splitting up. And then we'll see where it goes from here. But Jericho firmly in the best. Christopher Daniels. Oh. Uh, for me, the, straight away when you said that, I was just going to say, all right, because he's not been that, he's not had that much of a spotlight on him this year, from what I can remember. But I feel bad putting him there. I'm still going to say he should go in all right, but uh, I think he's great. He's one of my favorite. Christopher Daniels has been great for years and years. And he's, isn't he like 50 now? Yeah, he's in his 50. I'm sure he's the same age as Jericho. Timeless. Could, he could be the best worker just in ring stuff in his of his age in the world. He must be. I'm not going to argue that point. I think it's a, no. it's a sound point you've put forward there, Jack. But yeah, started the year as a tag team champion, remember? Um, yes. Before losing them to Hangman and to Kenneth Omega. Dark Order tried to recruit him in large parts of the spring. Didn't quite happen. Uh, SCU had matches against FTR. He was in the Battle Royal at All Out. Uh, I think... The tra- I mean we've known since the start of AEW he's been a very prominent figure backstage I don't know if it's sort of a talent relations role he has for AEW but numerous times we've seen him this year in Dynamite with the headset on backstage in, uh, in the dusty position I think that's what it's called it's not the gorilla position there is it it's the dusty, oh, right, yeah. the dusty position um, so Christopher Daniels I think alright is fair I'm gonna, yeah. I can't name you a good match he had this year but no doubt there is some <laughs> just the, the the one where they lost the tag belts was really good on the cruise yeah, ship on the cruise ship that yeah. was a good one that uh, but right. yeah apart from that he's not had too much to do I, I, I hope they use him more still because he's always good when he does stuff Chuck Taylor and Trent best friends fight a fest night one they lost to Hangman Page and Kenny Omega for the titles then of course they became a bit of a a second fiddle in the whole Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy stuff. Then business had started to pick up. Excuse me once again. 
as uh, they feuded with Santana and Ortiz, who of course started picking on Trent's mom's car and all that stuff. Then they had the five-star parking lot brawl fight thing, according to Dave Meltzer. I thought it was very good as well. Uh, Trent, just to have to mention this, became the inaugural BTE champion. Uh, Gator Golf is how he won that title. <laughs> but then he oh, lost, yes. He lost the title to John Silver in a bottle-flipping contest. But it's been a very good year for best friends. Maybe not as good as Orange Cassidy, but we'll get on to him later on. But they'll still be aff- lovely, lovely, lovely. They're always entertaining when yeah. they come on. Or is that a bit I too high? I think so. No, no, I don't think that's too high. I, I think stick them in lovely, 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 yeah. Uh, always entertaining. And the the inclusion of Trent's mom as well was fantastic. So I've got to, I've got to agree. Good T-shirt as well with her on there. Sticking the, yeah. was she, is she sticking the finger up or she got the thumbs up? I can't remember which one, but she seems like a lovely woman. Yeah, Sue, the wholesome Sue. Sue. Um, so yeah, we've got them on the same level as FTR there, but I think it's fair, but on di- for different reasons. Yes, for, yes it's I a variety so. show, of professional wrestling. Let's not forget about that because I can see the comments going mad right now. Next up, we're going on to Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. I think he's got to be top, surely. So do I. So do I. Yeah. He's the tweener of AEW. He tells us that much by coming out the middle rather than the heel tunnel or the face tunnel. Oh, I've never even... I've never noticed this. Of oh, course he does. A, a, the Kenny Omega is where Satyr... No, I know, there's a, I know there's a heel and face tunnel. Never even thought that Cody comes out the middle. Oh, he's a oh. tweener. He doesn't care if he likes you or not. He's not a good guy. He's not a bad guy. He's the guy. <laughs> um, but I, Kenny Omega, the AEW before where Satyr on December the 14th, he came out the heel tunnel for the first time. Ooh. Um, New Year's Day. Darby Allen and Cody had one of that their matches they had this year. That was a good way to start the year. Then, of course, we had the MJF feud with the lashes to the back and the stipulations and the cage match against Wardlow with the that crazy... That match was so good. The crazy flipsy-whipsy-doozy flipsy off the top yeah. of the cage. Then he moonsault. lost it. Yeah, the moonsault. <laughs> then he had uh, the defeat to MJF at Revolution where, of course, he debuted that hickey on his neck. I hope yes. Americans use that phrase as well. Do they have a different word for that? Love bite. Love bite. Hickey, they're called up here in Newcastle upon time. Maybe they say, no, they say hickey as well because in Greece, Jumba Kanicki gives a hickey to Rizzo and she says a hickey from Kanicki. I'm not a fan of Greece, mate. No, fair enough, right? Well, that's. Do you, do you they like use Greece? The same, yeah, I like Greece one. Not Greece two. No time I've for Greece two. I've heard some bad things about Greece two. And Greece two is. Um, new TNT champion of course Cody was the first one he won that their tournament against Lance Archer in the finals defends it all the way through in a John Cena United States open challenge tournament not tournament open challenge kind of thing until eventually we had that squash match against Brody Lee he goes away for a little bit comes back with his dark hair looking like he now resides in Lazy Town uh, where he (laughs) went on to defeat uh, Brody Lee in that dog collar match then, of course, we had the wars against Team Taz and Powerhouse Hobbs turning on Cody like he was becoming AEW's version of Sting in WCW. Then we have the stuff with Shaq, <laughs> which is we're sat here now. We've just had the, the last dynamite we saw. We had Brandy chucking the water on Shaq. So it looks like Shaq is not being used to have a wrestling match against Cody, but he's, in fact, being used to build a Brandy versus Jade. Oh, oh, hang on. Do you not think Shaq's still going to do something? 
Cody's moved on. Cody's now with Sting, isn't he? He's forgetting about oh, Shaq. Yeah. Oh, come on, Shaq. So, yeah, that's where we find ourselves now. And then the stuff with Sting with a really sort of interesting promo because we all know that uh, Sting was Cody's favourite wrestler growing up. But now Sting has come back and he says, Cody, I don't give a toss about you, pal. He's roughing him up like a big brother would. And maybe we're going to have a match between Sting and Cody. Who knows where we're going there? But Cody in the best, and that's all of his highlights right imagine, there. Imagine Cody and Sting have a half-hour match. And right at the end, Shaq runs out to ruin it. I would absolutely love it. I mean, I would love <laughs> Shaq a sort of agenda handicap match where on one side you've got Jade and you've got Shaq and you've got Sting, the dream team <laughs> taking on Brandy and Cody. And of course, Brandy and Cody would have to win. No. Moving on to Abaddon, who debuted uh, after that whole, we built up Anna Jay, she's the star of the show and all that malarkey. But no, here comes Abaddon to decimate her after that match with Sheena it was, wasn't it? Have I got that right still? Yeah. I thought Abaddon had the match with Anna Jay. Was it with Anna? I thought she, she got mixed up. I think Anna Jay came out and did yes, all she had the video course, package yeah, and all yeah. that. She was a magician at the time. Now she's just a Dark Order member. But Abaddon was her opponent and battered her. It was good. Yeah. And I'd never seen Abaddon before this debut. And no, I was, I was shook with the, the mm. makeup that's going on there. It's top tier makeup if I've ever seen top tier makeup in my life Then since then we've got a few dark outings she's won all seven of her dark matches on AEW Dark and now we've got the stuff with Sheeda so it's very much of like there's definitely more to come we've done some stuff this year bearable or alright that sort of region I think alright because it's going somewhere the Sheeda thing and by the time by the time this goes out maybe it's all gone wrong and maybe she's been rubbish but for now I think alright is the right place for her Awesome Kong is still on the AEW roster she's had one match this year in AEW where she defeated Skylar Moore on New Year's Day that was on Dark well the the Dark that was taped I presume on New Year's Day Um, but she's still a part of the roster so we're here speaking about her I don't know what to do with her though I don't know where to put her Bin gotta be on it Oh, poor awesome Kong. Not her fault. It's just a no. She's a she's a, a victim of the circumstances, I guess. Yeah, with, she's uh, nothing. The pandemic and all that stuff. It's... And I think didn't Glow get cancelled as well? Glow got because ca- I think that's why she went away initially, but then it got cancelled, didn't it? Yeah. Of the pandemic. Why did it get cancelled? Oh, because of the pandemic, right? I think okay. it was because of the pandemic. I like Glow. She's, yeah, I was going to say she's I hope good it... in Glow. I hope it didn't just get cancelled just cause. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Maybe someone will know more than that. I think it was because of the COVID, though. Who knows, though? Right. Hope it comes back for season three. Is it season three? It is season it'll three. Be on, it'll be on, the next one will be four, next I think. Next one will be yeah. four. Mm. Colt Cabana, who made a shocking surprise debut at Revolution. He had a few New Japan outlets at the start of the year. Were they good? Um, I think they were, I think they were just lower card affairs. Lower card? So that's what Colt Cabana does best. Um, stuff with the Dark Order then started after his sort of initial run in uh, AEW had a bit of a losing streak Brody Lee would sort of come to the ring and help him backstage and say there there pal come and join my gang of merry men he would do a, uh, officially later on in the year and then he would sort of lose in the, the, the world title tournament in the first round to Adam Hangman Page and that's about it for uh, Cole Cabana he's just a member of the Dark Order now I, I guess he does some more things on being the elite back when I watched being the elite every single week he was doing stuff with Kenny Omega where they would sort of put it to the, back, the, the backstage segments that sort of stuff that shows you how long I've not been watching being the elite every single time um, so Cole Cabana bearable alright yeah bearable uh, bearable I think bearable because his story was okay at the time but I think since then other Dark Order stories 
have eclipsed that, and the Hangman one will also eclipse that probably. Johnny Hungy and all that malarkey. But I tell you what, that yeah. that, that uh, turnbuckle movie does to finish his matches, and then the Superman pin. Mm. I've got to concede that I've never seen that before. Before he started doing it in AEW, blown yeah, away. Yeah. That is good, and and when he when he tags with Grado, it works really well. Uh, they're a very natural tag team. Them get Grado in AEW. That's what everyone's looking for, isn't it? Does he still yeah. wrestle? I never Grado. see him doing the wrestling anymore. There's not been much wrestling this year, though. I've seen him doing Flight Simulator on Twitch, <laughs> which was really funny because he, he does the radio in bad. Scotland, doesn't he? <laughs> he's everywhere. He's do, he does so much stuff. Grado, imagine being so charismatic, you can just do whatever you want. I know. Straight to hell, Crazy. Grado. Dwell him here. I'll put it out there. People tweet him. Harass him on Twitter. That's how we get places by he could him. He could be your best straight to hell ever if he agreed. I know. People used to say I look like him, which I guess that do, being fat and having brown hair. He's more than an athlete than me, obviously. But uh, Darby Allen, let's move on quickly. The feud with Sammy Kuvara for large portions of the start of the year. Uh, Darby won that match at Revolution, of course. The semi-final loss to Curdy with... How did it go again? There was a weird finish with that one, wasn't there, with the, 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 the stuff that um, happened? Is that when Darby went for the coffin drop and Cody just rolled him up? I think so. I think that was Might the finish been. of that match, the semi-finals of the TNT or was it tournament. When, or was it when Arn, when Arn went, watch out, and Cody got his knees up? One of the two. Well, something weird happened, I remember. <laughs> no, didn't, he didn't shout like that. <laughs> watch out. Uh, Be careful. Casino ladder match at Dublin nothing. Some shenanigans oh. happened there. Gnarly stuff. Uh, he then teamed with John Moxley, and then because of that, he was handed a shot at the title on Dynamite, which of course he lost. Then he great won match. the yeah great match as well. Then he won the TNT title at Full Gear from Cody. Then of course we've gone into the battles with Team Taz, and now potentially a little bit with the Stinger being his biological father on AEW. Um, and then of mm. course we've got to mention the promo packages. Only he could come up with them and thank goodness AEW allow these people to be who they are a bit more than WWE might do because nobody in WWE's right now is coming straight from the deranged mind of Darby Allen. Getting the likes of Tony Hawk. Uh, Tony Hawk? Or Hawks? Tony Hawks. Hawk. Hawk. I think it's Hawk but then because the games it's his game so it's Tony Hawk's pro- yeah. That's where I'm getting mixed up. I know my skateboarding and Steve-O, of course, getting Steve-O involved in AEW <laughs> stuff. Um, so Darby Allen, best. Gotta be yeah, it. best for me as well, yeah, best. Um, I don't know what else to say. Very unique. One of the most unique wrestlers around today. Charismatic enigma, some might say. Yes, yeah. Dustin Rhodes. Lost to Jake Hager at Revolution. That was this year when Dustin, oh, after he kissed his wife. Dustin assaulted Jake Hager's <laughs> wife. Just he kissed did. her when she didn't want to kiss. Assaulted yeah. her. Um, <laughs> then he was announced. But he's a, but he's a baby face. Yeah. It's fine. Funny though, isn't it? Because Jake Hager's a dick or something. Um, then it was announced that uh, it was the, the first round of the TNT title tournament where Dustin put the stipulation on the match himself where if he lost to Kip Sabian, he would retire. Oh, yeah, yeah, But yeah. he didn't lose, so he didn't retire. <laughs> then we had the match yeah. with Sean Spears at Double or Nothing where we had some silly bollocks where Dustin somehow got Sean Spears' boxes out. And having left WWE to do some more serious stuff, I presume Sean Spears had Tully Blanchard's head on his willy. Yeah, yeah. 
In the Natural we'll Nightmares... Get, we'll, get, we'll, get to, we'll get to Sean. We'll get to Sean later on. Natural Nightmares started happening, and I just I don't care about the Natural Nightmares at all. But, of course, they did have the Bunkhouse match against the Butcher and the Blade, which was a highlight. It was a good match. And then, uh, after Brody Lee squashed his brother and did some awful things, Dustin challenged Brody for the TNT title to avenge... Ah! But he failed. Yeah... But, but, he, but, but, but Dustin fails in entertaining fashion, though. Yeah, he always does that. Yeah. Want to bank on a failure? That's Dustin. That's <laughs> yeah. awful for me. <laughs> Defying the odds after 75 years in the professional wrestling business, he's a fantastic advert for DDP Yoga. <laughs> if anything, just again, much like Christopher Daniels, defies the odds despite yeah. being the age that he is. Looks as good as he ever has done, maybe. Better than he ever has done. Did you learn yeah. this week, by the way, as we're sat here on December the 14th, that Dustin Rose's finisher in WCW when he was the natural was a running bulldog because lots of people have told me that. Right. No, I didn't know that. So I found it very weird when he... I'm guessing it's because he won that match with it. Yeah, and I'd say... Oh, I'm, really? I'd say, I'm surprised people didn't tweet you after the podcast because that's when I got a few. Right. Yeah. Maybe I did. I might just not have seen them. Well, he can't be using the shattered... Dr- I know that he kicks the turnbuckle up into them, but... If I'm the ref there, I've got to be asking questions. He has the final... It, was it the final cut when he got the twist and suplex thingy? Oh, I thought that was the curtain call. The curtain call? I forget what any of these moves are Oh, the final cut. Some sort of Hollywood pun, because he was gold dust, yeah. yeah. So Dustin Rhodes, it's it's better than all right, is it? Or is it on a similar level to Daniels? He's done more than Christopher Daniels this year, hasn't he? He has, but... Oh... We'll go all last right. Year, we'll go all right. Yeah, last year would have been his lovely, lovely, lovely year. Yeah. But this year, it's all right. But he's, I don't, whenever he turns up, I'm never, I'm never like, oh, no, it's Dustin. I'm always like, oh, hey, go on. I like Dustin. Trying to, trying to save somebody and failing. <laughs> it's QT Marshall wearing him down, isn't it? But more on him oh, a bit later on. <laughs> QT. Eddie, Eddie Kingston uh, debuted mm. in AEW by answering the open challenge to Cody Rhodes. Uh, signed, a, signed a proper contract with AEW a short time after then we had the stuff with his family and his best friend Penta and the Butcher and the Blade and Ray Phoenix but he doesn't care about Ray Phoenix does he then we had the build sorry we had the uh, the Battle Royal at All Out where he wasn't officially eliminated or whatever that story was where he went under the bottom rope and he moaned yeah. about that for a while then we had the build to John Moxley um, both the matches on Dynamite and at Full Gear the, the match of full gear was gnarly as out with the, the alcohol getting poured into the open wounds and stuff like that. Uh, he turned on Phoenix then afterwards, um, kicking him out, the family, whatever their, their official... What is their official name? It's the, is it the family? I think it was the, just the family, yeah. And now he's in a feud with Lance Archer. Um, it's one of the top two tiers, isn't it? Just because of the promos alone. Yes. I don't know which of the top two, though, because... He's the, he's the best promo in wrestling for me, mm. but some of the stuff hasn't landed quite as well as some of the other stuff. So like the the Phoenix and Pender stuff, I feel like that needed more time to develop. It just seemed to happen very fast. But he's so good at promos and at building a match and the feud with Moxley and everything. I feel like I feel like he deserves to be in the best tier. Woof. More. Should we go best? We'll put them in the best and we'll watch the comments melt. I don't think anyone will... I think people will be all right with that, you know? Fair enough. Uh, Big Swole, we're moving on to now, whose highlight of the Uh, year has to be that feud with Britt Baker where she threw Britt in a bin and then... I don't know why I said that like that. Very radio presenter there. Bin? Britt in a bin. 
And then we had the tooth and nail match in the dentist surgery where Britt had her leg numbed. And they said her <laughs> numb legged. Her leg numbed. Um, apart from that, there was the, the three on one handicap match with uh, Penelope and Reba, yes. where she beat those three with Britt Baker as well, obviously. And we had a title match against Sheeda. I think that was on Dynamite again. And then in the tag team tournament, she tagged with Little Swole. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Lil Swole. Lil Swole. Is she in this? Is she in this list? Not an official member of the roster, no. Uh, thank God, because I know nothing about Lil Swole. <laughs> but it's been a fairly decent year for Big Swole. Uh, unspectacular, but yeah. solid. Yeah, uh, I feel like they should have used her more, actually. So maybe for me, she's only just about bearable. I'll go with that. Maybe it's all—is it all right? I enjoyed the Britt Baker stuff, me. Oh, it was quite good. Yeah, people didn't seem to like the match that much though, did they? Because it opened the show, and people were saying it shouldn't have opened the show, and that show got criticised a lot anyway because of Matt Hardy's fall. Mm. So I don't know. All right or bearable? Yeah, go on. All right then, go it's on. It's Christmas after all, I think. I don't know when this one's going live. Yeah, uh, Evil know. Uno, whose uh, Twitch and Twitter game maybe outshines his stuff in the wrestling ring here in the uh, yeah. 2020. Um, funny bits on being the elite with Brody Lee as well, obviously getting slapped in the head with some sheets of paper more than once. He's not really stood out this year, though, in terms of in-ring stuff. Very much in 2019, he was the leader of the Dark Order, sort of acting on behalf of this exalted one. But after Brody Lee arrived in the company, the Dark Order just seemed to have dropped off, haven't they? Big time. Yeah. Um and I like Eve Luna as well. So he's often the he's often the one who cuts the promos, isn't he, when Brody's not around. Yeah. Um In terms of highlights in the ring, I've got written down the singles match he had with Hangman on Dynamite not too long ago. That was a good match. Okay. You don't remember that one? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um That was a good match. But you're right, last year was more his year than this one. Um it's, so it's either alright or it's bearable. Oh, maybe he's only bearable. I'll go bearable. It's the stuff outside if, of Dynamite that's taking Yeah, yeah, you're on. right. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't really done enough to get out of bearable. It's not his fault. Yeah. Booking, booking, booking. Um, but then again, that's what they're doing at AEW. They just take people out for a while and then let them rest up, I guess. He's had lots of matches on Dark as well, I should say. But then again, I don't, right. watch, don't watch Dark to comment on what he's been doing. I don't think too much storyline stuff happens on Dark either, does it? So. Yeah. yeah I, I think that's fair. Kazarian, for me, is lovely, lovely, lovely. Kazarian has been I think he's had a bit of a renaissance year he's been I, I find him fantastic squint I mean and he looks like Randy Orton with his new hair his hair's good his, he looks good he's um, uh, when you've got the backing of cultaholic writer and former pro wrestler Lewis the Dragon Beardsley who said that he's a good hand in the ring I was like yeah well that's one hell Lewis of a knows rub what he's that's, that's one hell of a rub yeah, and I agree. I think Kazarian's great to watch, and I'd like to—I just like to see him do more stuff. But I understand that he's more of a veteran, and he's making room for the younger lads and lasses. Yeah, we're looking at the highlights this year. And of course, he lost the tag titles at the start of the year. Uh, he wrestled Chris Jericho in a singles match for the first time ever. Even though those two lads have been doing the wrestling for hundreds of years, he's got lots of wins on Dark. As you say, yeah, he always he never he never lets you down when he it does appear. But the appearances on Dynamite, especially, have been few and far between this year, which is why I'm surprised to see you say he des- oh. des- deserves to go in lovely, lovely, lovely. It might be a bit of recency bias because a lot of his he's been back in the fold very recently with the Jericho match and everything. Uh, maybe he's just all right then. I'll let, I'll let not, you decide, Jan. <clears throat> I I really want to see him in lovely, lovely, lovely. Actually, Are I feel we, like he's impressed e- every time. 
But if you've got any complaints, they go to him, not to me. Yeah, that's my that's my fault, that one. <laughs> then we go on to Private Party. Always good, aren't they? They've got the relationship with Matt Hardy going. Like, Matt Hardy is the Michael P.S. Hayes to their Hardy Boys circa 1998-1999. Mm. Um, Mark Quinn challenged Cody for the TNT title. Uh, Cassidy had a singles match with Chris Jericho. They've been milling about on Dark. They've been milling about on Dynamite. Then, of course, they turned up in the Elite Deletion match to help Matt Hardy, their biological father, within the storylines on AEW. Um, but I thought... Do you reckon? Maybe, but I suppose the problem is that the big hangman storyline and the books and FTR and everything all kind of took over the tag division a lot this year. So maybe that's why Private Party haven't quite been a, a, as at the forefront as we'd have imagined. And now the top flighter on the scene, who wrestle a similar style but are younger... You've got to fear for them, really. Not <laughs> There's a few there to happen, surely, just to, just to let, yeah. those, just let those two teams have lots of good, long, flippy-do matches. But uh, is it all right, or is that too harsh? No, I think that's a bit too harsh, because um, all that, that stuff with Mark Quinn challenging Cody, I think, nudges them up to lovely, lovely, lovely. They are good, though, aren't they? It's yeah. just me wanting more. I just want more for the lads, you know? I just want the best for them. And then we had Jake Hager, who at the time of recording still hasn't had sex with Wardlow. Uh, we had the stuff at the start <laughs> of the year. <laughs> well, it's good. We're building towards that. The tension. There's so much tension, yeah. The tension yeah. is un- unreal. Then we had obviously the stuff at the start of the year where Jake Hager had his wife assaulted at the hands of. D- no, that makes me sound like Jake Hager set Dustin up to do it. That's not true at all. Dustin assaulted Jake Hager's wife during Jake Hager's in ring debut at Revolution all the way back in February. Then other highlights, we've got the trip to Vegas, we've got the stadium stampede, and I think he had a, a bottle smashed over his head, didn't he? And lived to tell the tale. Didn't even, yeah. didn't even flinch, I think that was right. Um, the inner circle shenanigans, Justin Hill, always a highlight. and he, he, he does the best work of his career just by standing there and doing nothing. Although, he had that promo, didn't he? I've just remembered there, where he said something menacing in the form of a, a, a poem or something like that remember that one? Oh yeah yeah that was weird and it all came out very fluidly funny. and it was just a fantastic promo but then on top of that uh, something I forgot about which happened this year was the empty arena no holds barred match for the AEW world title against John Moxley which was better <sighs> was... it was better than maybe it looked on paper I was disappointed by that match but it wasn't their fault it was Tony's fault Tony Khan because he hyped it up on Twitter beforehand as like the best um, best no fans match ever or something like that and it just turned out to be quite a good match maybe, so Tony maybe, maybe that was the, too much. maybe that was the debut of um, condescending Tony Khan that we saw in Impact Wrestling not too long ago maybe. With, the, with the K when he was just like oh this is the best match ever when he didn't really mean <laughs> it um, so Jake Hager where are we going I'd, only, I'd go alright for Jake Hager I think that's fair hmm um, he does have a he does because I was thinking when he joined the inner circle I was like what the hell's going on here but then he does there's a place for him in the inner in, does that make sense there's a place for him in the yeah. inner circle and he does he, it well he fulfills a role yeah. and he's still undefeated in MMA I mean does that well, I don't know the, the fight he had <laughs> recent, the most recent fight was a good one I watched that one but I'm he just seems to fight people that look like me he fights he fights a lot of people who don't look like him. But then how many people look like him? He is a six foot six Greek god. Yeah. That was easy for me to say. But then we went on to Joey Janela. Who in terms of highlights this year, he was in the casino ladder match. 
Um, yeah. The tag team with Sonny Kiss, where they had some nice promos, driving down the street in a car. They look nice. Um, he's infatuated <laughs> with Sonny Kiss's arse. He gets bowled over when Sonny Kiss flicks his hips in his direction. Uh, lots of dark matches for George Another this year. He had a match with Gangrel in September, which no doubt about it would have got 12 stars. It ruled, ruled 12 times over. Uh, he yeah. played in GCW Warrior Wrestling away from AEW. Bearable for me, though, Joey Janela this year. Yeah, he's not had too much to do this year, on Dynamite at least, which is a shame because he's... Part of what he does, though, Darby Allen's kind of got a lot of that covered for now. Mm. He does the reckless, crazy stuff, which Joey Janela's made a name off of. So I don't really know what to think of Joey. Hopefully he gets more of a chance to shine next year. But yeah, bearable, I'd agree. And then we're moving on to Johnny Johnny Hungy. Sorry, John Silver, who oh. is a man of meat. A standout on being the elite. That was that rhymes. Uh, he had a match with Hangman on Dynamite. Teat. Uh, that was very yep. good. Uh, lots more matches on Dark than compared to Dynamite, although he has been coming to the fore more and more over recent weeks and months. So who knows what's in store in 2021. I get the feeling he could be like another sort of Orange Cassidy in the fact that maybe there wasn't too much like high hopes for him heading in when he signed but now that the crowd are on side with him he might be allowed to go and flourish and fly away with the Eagles maybe. nest what do you reckon he also, had a, he also had a great match with Orange Cassidy that we should mention as well oh yes of course on, on uh, full gear yeah. yeah yeah. I think he's lovely 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 to you I'll go there even though if he's we... made the sorry he's just, I was going to say he's made the very most out of not that much that he's been given but he's made the very most out of it yeah I was just going to say if we put many lower there might have been some sort of hell on in the comments yeah. down below down votes and everything and then we go on to John Moxley who did the coolest pregnancy reveal <laughs> ever I've got written down here I was pretty tired when I made these notes the coolest pregnancy reveal ever just by dropping it in there during that promo on Dynamite uh, Nelly joined the inner circle well I say that he, he had them he had them playing like fools didn't he Nelly, uh, with the car and whatnot. just took the car smashed a bottle of champagne over Chris Jericho kind of I guess or was it the other way around can't remember, but it was it the was bottle, a good feud. The bottle smashed before it made impact, I think. Um, oh yes, yes. He defeated Pac to become number one contender for the title at Revolution. Then, of course, he would win at Revolution. The match against Hager we've mentioned. Brody Lee at Double or Nothing. Brian Cage at Fight for the Fallen. Darby Allen on Dynamite. These are the notable title defenses. Then, of course, we had the big old MJF feud with Dictator John. And all that stuff. Eddie Kingston, we had two matches. Lance Archer, and finally against Kenneth Omega, where he, he lost. He lost, thanks to a microphone. And Donathan Callis. Yes. I think oh, Moxie's obviously got to be in the top tier, surely. Yes, he does. I would agree with that. Yeah. Ooh, I wish he, was my, wish, he was my, wish he was my friend. It's very cool. Do you wish he could go to the library and take some cocaine and read some books? No, no, that's in his past, though, isn't it? <laughs> I can't believe you mentioned it. It was on Renee's podcast not long ago. Oh, yeah. I'd never told you this, Renee, but I'm here on my podcast, or here on your yeah. podcast. I used to go to the library and bash some cocaine. And read some books. I mean, he was so hungry for knowledge <laughs> and, 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 other, and other things. I wouldn't imagine too much info would stick when you're in that sort of state, though, would you? <laughs> uh, Penelope. Pen Pen Penelope Ford. I can't say the, the word Penelope. I can now, but when I really concentrate, but I always just say Penelope, thanks to Puka T. Yeah. What a fantastic pronunciation of that word. Yeah. Uh, she, what did she do? She stepped in, didn't she? For Was it Statlander got injured? Or who was it who got injured? She stepped Rick in Baker. for 
Ah, oh, yes. Britt Baker hurt her leg, I think it was, and then Penelope stepped in to face Chris Statlander at double or nothing. That was it, yes. Um, and she did well. She did do well. She, she, surely there's more things to come for Penelope in 2021. Because in 2020, most of her stuff has been on dark. We had that match there against Chris Statlander that we've mentioned. Uh, she faced Sheeta at Fighter Fest, which is a match I've completely forgot that happened. Um, then she announced that she and Kip Sabian were getting married, teasing the best man. She had a couple of four ways on Dynamite at the early parts of the year, but it's been a it's been a simmer of a year, a simmerer of a year for Penelope. Uh, I think she deserves to go in all right, you know. I think she does. When she wrestles, she's, been... she's always impressive, I guess. Yeah, she's always impressive, and big things are to come because I can't wait for that wedding angle. I thought that. Orange Cassidy was going to win that diamond ring so that Sabian would feud with him over the ring because he wants to use the ring in the wedding. That would make more sense, wouldn't it? I would have. I'm glad that there wasn't like. I'm glad there wasn't a betting market on for that match that I could find because I'd have put so much on Orange Cassidy beating MJ. How much? Oh, upwards of six pounds. Bloody hell! The odds you would have got on that would have made a not a for thirty or forty quid you would have taken home there. I'd have been out of here. God, <laughs> I'd have been in Los Angeles. Jungle Boy we're moving on to now. Who, this time last year, was lasting 10 minutes with Chris Jericho in matches, and you're thinking, bloody hell, we've got another main eventer on the cusp of greatness here in December 2019. But now, as we're sat here in December 2020, it hasn't really happened, has it? No, Jungle Boy's not as much to do, and I don't know why. I don't. I thought this would be the year of Jungle Boy. They're just saving him. I think. I think that's my own explanation because he is twelve yeah. years old after all, and he is fantastic at the professional wrestling. But in terms of highlights, he got his first win in AEW on an episode of Dark in January. Then, of course, he lost oh. to MJF in a match at Double or Nothing. He had a TN- good match. Yep, good match there. He had another good match against Cody for the TNT title on Dynamite. Yeah. What are you gonna say? I'm just realising now that he has actually had quite a good start. First half of the year was actually he had some big matches. Uh, at All Out, himself and Luchasaurus lost to the Young Bucks. Um, the World Title Eliminator out in the first round to Wardlow, and then there's just been lots of matches for Jurassic Express and Dark, and that's I guess where the sort of like oh maybe he hasn't done as much as you might have thought this time last year because a lot of it's been on Dark. Ah. Uh... Before you'd done that recap, I was going to say bearable, which would have been a massive fall for Jungle Boy. But now that you've recapped that, I think all right. I think he's got himself in all right. You would expect more, though, wouldn't you? You would, but it's again, it's not his fault. And I think you're right. I think he's so young and so talented that the only way is up for him. And Meltzer can't stop talking about how good-looking he is. Really? Meltzer loves to mention... And maybe it was more towards the early days of Dynamite, but Meltzer would always go like, yeah, Jungle Boy's so marketable. Like, the teenage girls just absolutely love Jungle Boy. He's <laughs> mentioned it so much. Sat there with his dick in his hand on the radio. <laughs> Uncle Dave. There's a thought for you. Shanna. Not Shanna, oh, yeah, yeah. but Shanna. Spent eight months away due to COVID because I think she lives in France. Uh, she beat Tesha, or is it Tisha Price? I think I saw Tesha. It's a Tesha. Should be Tesha Price on Dark. A uh, couple of matches for Revolution Pro as well outside of AEW. We had a tables match with Nyla Rose on Dark. And of course, she lost to Chris Statlander on Dynamite. But I tell you what, she's really good. Yeah, she is good. She is good. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? 
United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. But I don't know if I can justify putting out that high. No. Bearable or all right? I think that's the region we're looking at here. Who's in? Who's in all right? Anna J, Daniels, Abaddon, Dustin, Big Small, oh, Jay Kager. I think she's below that, isn't she? I think yeah, she's bearable, which is a shame because she is good. Bloody COVID getting the way traveling and whatnot. And then we have a guy yeah. who I'm just going to put in the best straight away because it's one Kenneth Omega. Yeah, yeah. yeah Would you yeah. like to wax lyrical about Kenneth Omega while I? Well, it was a weird trajectory for Omega because he didn't go. He didn't. He wasn't a main eventer straight away after lost Jericho. He kind of went down, and then the tag division. But that tag feud with Hangman and the Bucks was amazing, and then the feud with Hangman himself was amazing again. And he's had so many good matches. Was the match with Pac this year the Iron Man? Yep, the thirty-minute Iron Man match was on Dynamite, wasn't it? Right at the start. Yeah, of the year. Um, that was a brilliant match. Stadium Stampede was involved in the the match against the Bucks at Revolution. Um, who uh, Winter is coming, of course. The big title match where he mm-hmm. won the title. The stuff with Don Callis and Impact. It looks like he's going to win a lot of titles for a lot of promotions as a belt collector kind of gimmick like he did with the comic books in his youth what an inspirational baby face he is yeah. um, but yeah Kenny's in the best isn't he I don't think we, we need yeah, to yeah, there. Yeah, the match yeah. FTR all out as well I guess we've got to mention there as well um, and his commentary appearances as well I like them yeah yeah he's, I prefer his commentary to his promos actually Same. when he's a bit calmer mm. but he does need if he if it, if it's true that he's in charge of booking the women's division, you know, pull his finger out, didn't he? Yeah, but in terms of him himself, yeah, top tier. Taz filled in for Big Dick Tony Schiavone at the start of the year, uh, and he, he really added to the commentary team because out of everybody in the world of professional wrestling, nobody explains why moves happen and what moves what the damage moves do to people's bodies and stuff like that and Taz does that all the time that's the main thing I like about Taz is their commentary not just the fact that him him and Excalibur take the piss on dark then of course as Brian Cage debuted Taz started managing Brian Cage at double or nothing the heel promos they speak for themselves one of the best promos in AEW if not professional wrestling as a whole is Taz here in 2020 fight for the fallen a thing that made him stand out as a manager is the fact that he wanted to protect his investment as he threw in the towel as John Moxley had Brian Cage locked in some kind of submission kind of ting and Mm -hmm. then yeah the stuff on Dark just proves how versatile he is fantastic stuff from Taz at least lovely 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 I would say yeah I would agree with that as well Um, it's hard to give a manager slash non-wrestler 
the top tier, but I think he's definitely lovely, 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 easily. We'll go in there next to Johnny Hungy, who looks like he could be his son. In the but he's not because because no. his son looks like me. Apparently, people have been tweeting me that. Really? When Hook when Hook showed up, yeah, he was in a hoodie and he had. I've had my hair cut now, but he had a bit of a fringe emo thing going on, and people were like, "Thought this was Jack the Jobber, lol." And neither me nor Hook replied to those tweets. So there we go. That's it, isn't it? That's it. You should yeah. reply them. Big it up. Just say you are. I am Taz's son, yeah. You've got, yeah. You've got like a father-son relationship with Taz, dating back many years, haven't you? Mm, he he scared me once in Twitter DMs, yeah. Tell the viewers <laughs> back, at home who might not home. know what happened. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I I did a, I wrote and did a voiceover for a list at What Culture once, which was like... I want to say it was, the, it was one about... I was talking about something like ECW folk moving to WWE... And saying, and the Dudleys did all right, didn't they? And Taz, well, not really Taz. That was the joke, because Taz obviously beat Angle at the start and then didn't really do much else in ring. Uh, and and someone grasped me, like tagged Taz, and went, "They are having your life here, Taz." And I got a DM from Taz saying, "Hello, have you disrespected me in any way?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh God!" <laughs> and then, due to the egging on of a certain member of what culture and WCPW an older man who should have known better than to egg me on I Adam. reply nah it was um, it was Dragon oh the Izzy. Dragon Izzy. I egged I, I went to you know gave it back to Taz and because of that somehow because I was so fearless Taz respected that and went all just joking brother good stuff we're really ribbing, we're really getting one over on the marks outside of the DMs, aren't we? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then the next time Taz got in touch was to ask for contact info of someone else that I knew. And I was just kind of a middleman. And, and since then, me and Taz have had no issues. I've never really spoken to him again, but hopefully I'm now allowed to set foot in Brooklyn without being immediately choked out. Yeah, scary. To, that was scary. That just gotta oh. watch out for Hook now, haven't you? I do. I was a younger. I was a younger man, Ross. I was more reckless back then. I would never do that these days. I'd just apologise immediately. <laughs> Kip Sabian, your close personal friend, of course. Um, <laughs> you said hello in in Las Vegas when we went last year. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, I've met him a few times, and he's a nice man. But but also I hate him in a way. Why? Because he's just he's, good looking. Very, very attractive man, yeah. It's annoying. Feuded with Joe Janela at the start of the year, which of course had real life impl- implications because Penelope used to date Joey Janela, now she's engaged to Kip Sabian. Oh, big hot stuff here. What the hell am I doing? <laughs> uh, he lost to Dustin Rose in the first round of the TNT tournament, but of course he was always going to do, going to do that with the retirement stipulation Dustin put on that match. Then of course we have the stuff with Penelope and Miro, which I'm not a fan of at all the feud with the best friends does not for me I know it's 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 funny because it's wrestling and like oh no his gaming machine got broke by a man falling on it but it's a bit naff yeah it's not I don't I don't know if it, it's not really what done it for me but the wedding angle gives me hope Ross because if anything can reignite Kip Sabian's AEW career then it's this big wedding angle I hope so, he has all the tropes of every single professional. Oh, lesson. oh Kane should come. Appreciate yeah. that tombstone. Eric Bischoff revealing all of them. Get all the tropes. Yeah, in. 
Um, so I think it's just about bearable, but I've still got hope for Kip. I think the good stuff's going to come. I still think he's highly rated backstage, surely, just by the, Absolutely. the way he's used. Yeah. Lance Archer, who turns on Jake the Snake Roberts, by the way. I'll never forget that. One of my most abiding memories of the year 2020 is Jake the Snake cutting that promo on Dynamite, where he admitted that just watching Lance Archer beat up men turned him on in a sexual manner. And that's why he's the manager of Lance Archer, just to get near <laughs> just to get near Lance Archer. Um Another one is the fact that he did a moonsault off the top road, off the top rope to Curdy Rhodes. Now, I I once went back and and watched the early TNA pay per views, like two thousand four, like the prop, not, not the weekly pay per views when they first got on proper monthly pay per views, and he was known then as Dallas, I believe, and I remember being shocked at how agile he was, and then when I learned that Dallas was Lance Archer, I was like, oh, it makes so much sense. Because he can do some freakish things for a man of his size. And do you think he's got the best look in AW? One of the best looks? He's up there, but uh, the best look for me is always going to be the butcher. Imagine yeah, imagine yeah. walking into a pub <clears throat> and seeing the butcher sat at the bar. You'd go nowhere near him, would you? You'd stay no. well away. <laughs> but the yeah. uh, squash matches have been the name of the game, by and large, for Lance Archer here in 2020. Throwing men everywhere. That guy went through the ceiling. He got put in a bin, that poor strawberry blonde-looking fella. What was he? I don't know who it was. Do you know who it was? No, I don't know who it was. Poor random man. Uh, the TNT title tournament got all the way to the finals, of course, before losing to Cody after Mike Tyson... I think forgot his cue and the referees <laughs> had to come out and fill the blanks for him. Uh, but Mike Tyson was supposed to stop Jake the Snake Roberts from interfering on Lance Archer's behalf. Uh, he won the Casino Battle Royal, of course, did Lance Archer. Um, but he failed to win in a no-DQ match. He uh, failed to win the title, of course, in a no-DQ match against John Moxley. Then, of course, we've got the Eddie Kingston feud now, where there's been a, a kind of a face turn. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. I think that's fine. It is I think fun, he's it good is as a fun just watching him throw men about, isn't it? That's why I think he's lovely, lovely, lovely. I'd, I'd agree with that. Tier. Yeah. I know he's been losing all the matches that actually matter, but you know, people look really good when they beat him because he's terrifying. Mm. Luchasaurus, who again, just like Jungle Boy, if you were to say start of this year, he'd have done these things. He'd have gone really. Are you sure? He lost his last match on Dynamite. By the way, was in September. Ooh. September second, second fiddle in the MJF slash Jungle Boy feud stuff with Wardlow he was in the casino ladder match of course which I'd completely forgotten about until I'd done the research for this year tier video uh, the Lumberjack match against Wardlow I should have said of course that was the big match they had all out the tag match against the Young Bucks um, and then he's been winning most of his matches on Dark and that's just about it for, um, for, for Luchasaurus he had a singles match <sighs> against Mr Bailey Aaron Solo, I think he's yeah. still Mr. Bailey. Yeah, I think I think they're engaged. Oh, oh man, are we really going to put Luchasaurus in bearable? Because it's looking that way. If we've put, which is weird. Because if we put Jungle Boy in, all right, I think we want to put Luchasaurus in bearable, haven't we? No, because Jungle Boy had those singles matches with Jericho and Cody. That's what I mean. He's, a, he's at least a tier above. Luchasaurus. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Hundred percent. Yeah. So there we have it, Luchasaurus, and just about bearable. Jen, that's crazy. Jen just, just did something disastrous. I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> she felt a great disturbance in the force. I can't. That's yeah. awful. Really bad. Accent. Really are bad horrible. accent. Uh, yeah. Luther. <laughs> oh, put him in the bin. He's in the bin. The first man in the bin. 
is Luther. He defeated. No. Oh wait, who else is in the? Oh, Mel's in the bin. Mel's in the bin. Awesome Kong's in the bin, and Emmy Sakura so Luther... is also in the bin. Wow, we just hate women. It turns out bloody yeah, hell. Yeah, that's us. Yeah, but no, that's symptomatic wow. of AEW's use of the women's division and the coronavirus, yes. of course. That's Absolutely. why those three are in the bin. Um, yeah, yeah. Luther defeated Sonny Kiss and John Cruz in singles matches. John Cruz. Nice. No, no, John Cruz. Yeah, he's a Mission Impossible. That's him. Uh, then, of course, he started the tag team uh, Chaos Project with Sir Pentico oh. and maybe David Arquette. I had no idea until doing the Straight to Hell with David Arquette that there was a big rumour on Reddit that Sir Pentico is David Arquette, but it's yes. clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> David might have learned some... He might have been down the trampoline park a lot. Uh, just the two different-looking men, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Chris Jericho anniversary match is the other big highlight. This match is brilliant. Oh. <laughs> the team of Jake Hager and Jericho taking on Chaos Project. Um, main event, and of course, <laughs> Luther in the main event. We know why First, he's there in AEW. Luther, Luther, Jericho gave his mate a lot of... Well, he's given him a lot in AEW anyway, but in that tag match, Luther was beating the crap out of Chris Jericho. <laughs> and I forgot to mention, of course, the start of the year, the, the bloody... The, <sighs> The, the what they were called? What they were called? Brand the Nightmare, Collective. Nightmare Collective. That's the one. They were still a thing at the start of this year. Um, thank God they're not anymore. Brandy's tease of who it was kissing his little bald head. <laughs> what was that about? I've got no idea. I've got to imagine the, Chris... the way they did that was as if it was going to be someone, and we all went, "Oh, like they didn't reveal who it was." She just kissed him on the head, and he was facing the other way, and then he came out, and Comrie are like. That's Luther, and I was like, the real death dealer. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, L- Luther. God. But I like him in a weird way because he's so pants, so bad. Yeah, I quite find him when he turns up. I'm like, yes, get in. Matt Hardy, who started the era of course in WWE, he confronted Randy Orton on Raw the week after. I think it was the week after. The week after Orton attacked Edge. And then Hardy got attacked by Orton, and that was his final appearance in WWE, was getting his arse handed to him by Randall Keith. Broken Matt then appears in AEW. He then replaces Nick Jackson for blood and guts come Stadium Stampede, the whole warfare between the elite and the inner circle. He did the pool reincarnation, lake lake of pool, lake the pool pool reincarnation thing in the Stadium Stampede match. Um, he then teamed up with Kenny Omega a couple of times, uh, one against Les Sex Gods in a street yeah. fight match. Then, of course, we had the Sammy Guevara stuff. I am not a fan whatsoever of the multifarious Matt Hardy. I just want him to have one gimmick because it's a bit... When he's one week, he's 90s Matt Hardy, then he's broken Matt Hardy, then he's the other Matt Hardy. It's just a bit... I remember you were a fan of when he changed between them by just going yeah it was the match wasn't so it on diamond he just would go then he's a different gimmick yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's naff in the Luther kind of way though I guess that's the most oh. endearing thing about it it's just a bit naff isn't it it is naff come on just say it's enjoyed, crap I know that Tony Khan pays us five quid a week but it's crap AEW I enjoyed bits of it I enjoyed um, the match with Jericho and Sammy with the Locking him in the freezer and then him getting out, and they really ran. And they ran over Sammy in a golf cart. Yeah, that was good. That was moment, good. Yeah. But then there was the fall, which was terrifying at all hours as well. Which they should just never have let him carry on that much. No, that's all. I'm glad he didn't get more hurt. 
And then the Elite Deletion match as well, we've got to mention, that was that was all kinds of fun, seeing Gangrel yeah, in AEW and the Hurricane, of course. Uh, interactions with Private Party, I guess, are the other noteworthy things from 2024, Matt Hardy. But are we going all right, or is it is that harsh? Because he has done some good stuff, and he's still defying the odds at the age he is, and with all the stuff he's done with his body down the years. I think that I'm fine with him just being in all right, though. It's not really hit like it has in previous years has it it's not really worked it's not really clicked no it started off hot it was like oh here we go but since then it has fizzled a bit but I'm alright with that because he's AEW are doing a good job of pairing their biggest stars the older ones with like in his case Private Party and it looks like they might be few. we don't know at the time of recording but didn't he recently eliminate one of them from the Battle Royal just cause yeah you might be, you might be turning on his lads every so. man for himself and all that malarkey yeah now we move on to Miro and it beggars belief that AEW, who listens to the fans so much, would see how Rusev was booked, especially when Rusev Day was a thing. And even though he was most over thing in the company and the T-shirt sales were the best in the company, the company wanted to be a heel, so a heel he was. Surely they could see that everyone was gagging for Rusev Miro to be a babyface, but no, he's still a heel battling against best friends. He started the year in WWE, of course, we should mention this, feuding with Lana and Lashley, teaming up with Liv Morgan. That was quickly scrapped. <laughs> His final appearance yeah. for WWE was alongside Humberto Carrillo. Yes, Rusev and Humberto, the tag team of your dreams. What a good-looking tag team, by the way, in different oh, ways, of course. absolutely. Against Lashley and Garza, they lost that match, I presume. He was released in April, along with all the rest of the lads and lasses. The COVID cuts, I think they're known as, heartbreakingly so debuted in AEW in September as the best he is the best he is the best man uh, crap theme <laughs> <laughs> not a fan of it whatsoever um, but then yep there was the stuff with the, the video game machine thingy getting broken and then there was something where they turned the Xbox off and whoa yeah it, I feel like a bit of a fool Ross because when he first debuted in that tag team with Kip Sabian and everyone went on Twitter and said, oh, why? I jumped on Twitter and said, don't panic, everybody. This isn't going to last very long. He'll turn on Kip, he'll destroy him, and then he'll be off to the moon, to quote Cameron Grimes. And and he's not. He's not done that. And I've seen theories that he doesn't care about wrestling anymore and he's just doing it to advertise his Twitch, <laughs> which, could be tr- which could be true because, you know. Hey, who knows? He might be like um, Mrs. Uh, Tia Trinidad. Thea Trinidad. Yeah. Have I yeah. said that right? Why don't I just call her Zelina Vega? Where she makes more yeah. from her Twitch than she does her professional wrestling career. And if that is the Maybe. case, I would care more about Twitch than wrestling. Because Twitch hurts less as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, yeah. Have, we'll have to see where Miro goes. I don't know if the um, there was the running, wasn't there, on the most recent Dynamite to the one where I sat here. Um at the end of the show where he was just decimating all kinds of bodies and throwing people about so yes. maybe maybe that's hinting at some better things to come but it's been really underwhelming so far just because he's a heel more than anything in my perspective which is maybe a bit warped because I loved Rusev he was my favourite wrestler well, one of my favourite wrestlers anyway um, why he's not a baby face it, it baffles me because he's just such a, a likeable guy and I don't think yeah. I don't understand why these companies just don't allow him to be that thing unless he's just especially passionate about being hated as a heel Maybe. I, um, I, I get part of the reason is because he's so imposing and scary, but at the same time, you're right. He's very naturally likable, so I don't know. Bearable? 
Yeah, yeah, which is mad. It, next year, hopefully, it'll be a lot better. Could he go in the bin? Has it been no, that no, bad? No, 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 Has it no, been that bad? No, no, it hasn't been. He's not, he's not Luther. No, nah, he's not Luther level. That's not no. fair. Riho is still a member of the AEW roster. She defended her title. She was still the champion at the start of this year. That feels like wow. 10 years ago. Uh, defended wow. the title against Chris Statlander in January. She lost the title to Nyla Rose after 133 days as champion. Um, we had a dark match where she teamed with Kenny Omega against Kip Sabian and Penelope. Um, her last match in AEW, though, was on the 18th of March. That was a, a four-way, I think it was, where Sheeda defeated Chris Statlander and Penelope and Riho. And then since then, she's been wrestling for stardom. And Gato Move Pro Wrestling once again, Jack. Gato Move. Oh, no. Um, yeah, I hope Riho comes back and does more stuff. I know that a lot of people decide that they're not really fans of Riho because she's too small or whatever. I never really liked that argument because... Why does it matter? Like you've said... Like you've said before, wrestling's a variety show, and it's not even real. So why does it matter that you can't? Well, do you know what I mean? So like, if you, if you're fine with Rey Mysterio doing well and beating up people bigger than him, then why can't Riho do the same? I reckon I know what it is. I reckon it's just the fact that Jim Ross would mention the fact that she was that small in every single match she had, and that wears you yeah. down a bit after a while, doesn't it? But uh, yeah, she's a, she's good at the wrestling. Do I care? It's, it's much. Do I care? It's the issue. It's it's getting invested in her matches. I know when she was against Nyla Rose, it was really easy to get invested because Nyla Rose is that imposing, and the odds yeah. are that you know, that that that's stacked up against Riho, aren't they? In that, in that sort of situation. But the yeah. title run, I think, had run its course by the time it ended. Um, I think it ended maybe at the right time. Maybe it was a little bit too long. Some might say, but uh, yeah. Where do you reckon for Riho? It's a hard one to judge because she's not wrestled in AEW since March. I presume you've been watching Stardom every single week. And Gato move. Yeah. Uh, I reckon probably bearable then. Should we go bearable? Is that a bit too far? We'll go towards the top. Has Riho been wrestling for Stardom? I'm going to do a Google now. According to Cage Match, she has. Really? Was it like like one-off? I don't know. No, there was a few on I there. D- I think there was a few on really? there. Really? I didn't think she was a regular member of the Stardom roster. I'm going to have. A, I'm going to see what she did. Sorry, carry did. on. While I... uh, well, next up is Jade Cargill, who debuted oh, yes. by calling... Um, you got them? You got them there? Wow, she's been wrestling Stardom loads. What's wrong with me? Wow. Fair play to her. Go on, Riho. You 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 go, Riho. Huh? Jade, who debuted of course by saying, Cody, you've got a small willy, you do. <laughs> yeah. And it's been the re- she's and then she teased the debut of Shaq. I know this big giant Cody who's coming after you, Cody. He's definitely coming after you. He's called Shaq. Jade hasn't done enough for us to really know where to put her at the minute. She's uh, she she's done a stomp on Brandy's arm. She's she broke around. Yeah, she broke Brandy's done another arm. backstage scuffle involving Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. That's Is Vicky problem. on this list, by the way? Oh yeah. All right. Well, I'll talk about it later then. Jade, though. Where do you want to put Jade? Bearable? Bearable, because there's not been much... Her promo wasn't very good, though, in my opinion, as well. Yeah, but... Uh, it's funny. It was, <laughs> I don't know, I it. It was ironic, it was an absurd. Funny, it was an absurd segment. It was so strange. Brandy came out and cut a hell of a promo on her. This is the... Th- oh, we'll get on to Brandy later on. But she came out okay. as a baby face in that one, going, don't you speak about my man like that. Ever. Yeah. Then she got the sympathetic beatdown where she had her arm broken. Then she was taken... She was having a good Tony Schiavone and being a heel. Yeah, it's a bit. 
I see. I know your point about how she's being a bit Stephanie-esque. Inconsistent. It is sort of true. We'll get on to Brandy later because, like AEW, she's taken over this tier ranking as well, when she maybe shouldn't be doing. Uh, but MJF, we're moving on to now, and this has just got to be in the top, on it? Yeah, he's top tier. Top yeah. tier. Uh, we'll go through the highlights. The stuff with Cody at the start of the year with the stipulations and the lashings and the you must beat Wardlow inside of the cage. Then, was it against the odds he beat Cody at Revolution? Is that a bit unfair? Um. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is Cody we're he, speaking about. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. Was it I think I'm. A, I think I thought Cody was probably going to win that match. Yeah. Jungle Boy at double or nothing. One hell of a match. Um, he beat. Uh, he, he MJF pronouns pal. MJF beat Jungle Boy by holding his tights in the midst of a roll up. Um, Wardlow and MJF then defeated Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Then we had the feud with John Moxley with Dictator John. The title match at All Out, which he was not successful in. I think that was his first loss, wasn't it, in AEW? Yeah, it was a good match, though. Good match as well. Uh, the Jericho stuff, uh, the dinner debonair, all that stuff. Uh, he joins the inner circle after winning that match at full gear. Then he wins the Dynamite Diamond Ring for a second time, as Jack had already proven. Maybe wasn't the, the most logical move to do, but we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah. Um, He's in the best here. Yuka Sakazaki. Absolutely. Is still in oh, AEW with her theme, yes. which was missing at the start of the year for some reason. It must be some sort of royalties legal stuff that we don't know about. Um, she made a Dynamite debut this year by defeating Britt Baker in February. At the end of February, Sheeta defeats Big Swole, Shanna and Yuka in a fatal four-way match. We had a dark match where Britt Baker and Penelope defeated Riho and Yuka Sakazaki, and that was our last match. Ever since then, she's been wrestling for promotions like... Uh, don't, no, no, not, please, no. No, no, on. no, everyone's favourite Gato Pro Wrestling. Gato Move oh, Pro okay. Wrestling, sorry. Gato Move. It's uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. Oh, she's been getting some wrestlers of the week points in Tokyo Joshi Pro. She's the champion there. So where would this... Putting her performances, because obviously she's, she's stuck thanks to the pandemic. It's not her fault that AEW haven't been using her. So let's put these... Yeah. Uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling performances into the tier oh. ranking because we're encapsulating everything in 2020 here in this tier ranking thing WWE oh, all enough. this stuff where should you go well I think there was two matches in particular that were like very good quality so I don't know whether that's alright or lovely 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 but one of those two I'd suggest one of those two they're alright because to, to a wider audience maybe she's disappeared a bit but she's still been she's still been doing well so alright I think is fair Marco Stunt, we move on to now, who has been in the midst of I've many, realized, many, what? I've realised that he might be my favourite. Away from the ring, Marco Stunt might be my favourite AEW personality. Just because he can so sing. Good. Not just that, he's a very entertaining man. Everything I've seen him in, he's very, very likeable. I think he's brilliant. It, and he can sing. And he can bonus. sing, yeah. There was that performance he did on the Jericho Cruise at the start of the year. <laughs> Sunglasses at night, what a tune Aye. as well. Maybe that should get me the he, best tune. Yeah. Um, but in Maybe. the ring, in the ring <coughs> he's been involved in many six-man tag team matches against the likes of the Inner Circle and Strong Hearts. Remember them? Oh, Strong Hearts. Shima. Yeah. And the other, the other lads. lads. Um, tag matches. <laughs> he's been involved with both uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and all three of them, of course. Squash match defeats against the likes of uh, Lance Archer and Brody Lee where he was thrown about like a small wrestling figurine toy kind of thing. Yeah. Um, he had a match versus MJF as well. Moving into more singles matches stuff as the air sort of went on. He had singles matches against Joey Janela and Sammy Guevara on Dark. He's had matches for GCW and that 
aforementioned Cape Championship Wrestling. So where do we reckon for Marco's stunt here in the year 2020? Luchasaurus is in just about bearable. Jungle Boy is in all right. Oh, that's really tricky because he's not stood out as much as Jungle Boy, in my opinion. But he's done a bit better than Luchasaurus, so he's like in between those two. We'll go to the top of bearable alongside um, yeah, Rino yeah, yeah. and people of that ilk. Um, Fair so enough. moving on to the Young Bucks. Oh, okay. Highlights for the year. The... We've got the Revolution match against Page and Omega. Uh, full gear, FTR. We've got uh, eight-man tags, 12-man tags, the stuff against the Butcher and the Blade. Stadium Stampede with Matt jumping off the... the and he said the poles there. The goals inside yeah. that football stadium. Um, any other highlights you can think of off the top of your head? Uh, only, it's, it was a low light, the, the weird heel turn. But apart from that, no, they've been pretty, pretty class, haven't they? Um, no, I, I, I think you've covered pretty much all of it there that I can think of. I mean, the, the Young Bucks are really consistent. They'll have good performances like every week they're on. And it's, it's not always the sort of match that people enjoy, but when they're on form, there's not really any tag teams like them. One bit that I enjoyed was when Nick was at home and couldn't show up to tapings, so they did the old Toy Story, Woody and Buzz. Like, Matt was like, Nick was off camera, and Matt was pretending he was there. <laughs> He's like, come on, Nick. Because his foot would appear from off camera and kick someone, and Matt would be like, yeah, that showed you. Come on, Nick, let's go. Yeah. And you had to just... They must think we're stupid. But apart from that, they're not my favourite tags. I've, I'm always more on the FTR side of the divide, but I feel like they've got to be top tier, though. Yeah, Nick Jackson's firmly <clears throat> in the top tier with Matt holding on to Nick. As the oh, haircut. what? They do, though, don't they? It's always I Nick doing all Matt. the work. It's Nick doing all the flips and Matt doing all the story. Matt, I like Matt, the story. Matt being lazy and pretending he's injured. No, like, that's what I okay. reckon. I'm joking. Fair enough. I'm being facetious, of course. Um, they are both good, aren't they? They're not my favourite tag team either, but you you got to respect by what they do inside the wrestling ring. Yeah. Um, Matt Seidel, who, of course, had one hell of a debut at All Out as the surprise entrant in the Casino Battle Royal, slipped on the top turnbuckle. Oh. Very humid night. Humid night. Lots of sweat. He slipped. Nearly died. Thankfully, he didn't. Uh, lost to Sean Spears on Late Night Dynamite. This is weird because he debuted as the big surprise entrant in that Casino Battle Royal and then lost a few matches, which is not how you would think. Because was, wasn't there rumours of somebody else being the original plan? Was it Nick Gage? Oh, uh, was it? Was it? Apparently, wow. I, I read that somewhere, unless I dreamt it. Bloody hell. <laughs> um, then we had losing matches to uh, Brian Cage on Dynamite with that spot I mentioned earlier where he sort of dove off the top rope towards... Brian Cage, who caught his arm in there, then did a suplex. It was amazing to see. Uh, he also turned up for Defy Wrestling, not Defiant Wrestling. P Jesus. <laughs> PWX, <coughs> IWA Denver, USA Pro Wrestling, and Ring of Honor. Why I've done those in that order, I've got no idea. Surely I should have done Ring of Honor first. Uh, but he's had a few wins on Dark over more recent times against the likes of Aaron Solo, five of the Dark Order, Christopher Daniels, Lee Johnson, and Michael Naka. Naka uh, Nakazawa. Uh, so where are we going for Matt's side? It's been weird. Yeah, I've 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 got to say bearable. Unfortunately, why are you saying bearable? Unfortunately, well, you've got to take that big botch into account. Even though it wasn't his fault, it wasn't an ideal debut. And since then, he's been very lower card. 
been a very lower card guy. Yeah, it's, be, it's weird how they bring him into such a big position, like the surprise entering in the Battle yeah. Royal, and then just have him lose a fair few Who matches. Who was the other one? Brian Cage was the other surprise entrant. So, yeah, yeah, it is weird. Michael Nakazawa, speaking of him, oh, he's had a massive what's year. The point? <laughs> he's had a massive year. Because he's Kenny Omega's friend, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. Best friends defeat Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa. I think that was in April. We had the stuff at the start of the year where more Geordie Pack was being a dick to Michael Nakazawa to get to Kenny Omega. Then he's been exclusively on AEW Dark, which means I haven't seen too much of Michael Naka. Naka. Nakazawa. Yeah. Bin? Oh, I mean, bearable. Yeah, he's been he's been for me, unfortunately. Look bin. I don't I don't mind him. I'm sure he's a nice man. He's fun to watch when he gets the body oil, oh, the body yeah. oil out. And he's... <laughs> but is there any nuance? Is there any? I think he showed up at Triple Mania actually to help Kenny. Did he? Didn't work very well, but he tried. <laughs> yeah. Jack, um, Jack the Jobber loves Michael Nakazawa. Do I? Well, why have you said this? Because you clearly I, don't. I, <laughs> no, I. I uh, bless him. He, he had that match with Jabili as well. That was last year, that though, was wasn't last it? last year and should never be what spoken of again. Yeah, he's been, unfortunately, for me. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. Nyla Rose defeated Riho to win the AEW Women's mm. World title on Dynamite towards the start of the year. Uh, we had the successful defence against Chris Statlander at Revolution, which was a, a, a good match, if memory serves. Yes. Double or nothing. Uh, Rose loses the title to Shida. Um, when, when I thought... Was that, the no, was that the no DQ match? I think it was, because... Um, the kendo stick stuff. I was thinking Nyla Rose is starting to cut really good promos and starting to become more of a character where she was like, you're looking for your kendo stick, Sheeta? I found it here, bitch. Bosh. Yeah, and yeah, it was good. And you're thinking, well, she's coming into her own here. It's sort of like a, a sassy heel. Um, but it didn't really happen for her in the rest of the year. Vicky Guerrero comes in as a manager with Vicky Guerrero saying, I've come here. Oh, Nyla Rose was saying, I need a manager to take me to the next level and make me world champion, even though I've already no, held the title. You didn't need it at all. But then again, oh. you're thinking Vicky Guerrero, one hell of a heel promo. Nyla Rose coming into her own as a character. Could be a match made in heaven here. Uh, hasn't happened at all. Barely scratched the I don't surface. Think, I don't think Nyla needed Vicky. No. You know, maybe Jade needed Vicky. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if Nyla was the right choice for Vicky because, she, yeah, as you say, she could cook good promos anyway. Yeah. So where we going? Because it was... I know a lot of people weren't on board with Nyla Rose in 2019, but in 2020, I was enjoying watching Nyla Rose, me. Yeah, yeah, I thought she really improved and had a good feud, a, a pretty good feud with Sheeta. Um, I'd, I'd say lovely, lovely, lovely to her, actually. I know that she's fallen off a bit in the second half of the year, but I'd say she did enough in the first half, but lovely, lovely, lovely. I'll go lovely, lovely, lovely with you. Yes. And then speaking of a heel <clears throat> turn that was very much needed this year, Dr. Britt Baker... Duh, muh, duh, in lowercase speak, of course. Um, yeah. Best heel turn of the year? Yeah, it's up there, isn't it? It was needed as well because she wasn't really working as a babyface. No, I am a dentist, therefore a good person. I can smile, yeah. but I haven't got much else of a purpose in the wrestling. But then the heel turn happened, and I reckon she became the female Chris Jericho. I don't know how much input Chris Jericho ah, had, a good shout. had in her promos and whatnoms. <clears throat> Apparently, Jericho does help out with some people backstage. But what she did, it was very much like Chris Jericho circa 2003, 2001 kind of time. I think she's really, really entertaining. Obviously, she spent a lot of the year out injured, yeah. but she stayed relevant and stayed entertaining throughout that, doing all the stuff with Rebel or Reba in the dentist mobile I can't remember what Rolls it was Royce. called the Brit Mo- 
Yes. And um, yeah, I just think she's she's just got it. She's very entertaining. I I, I think that maybe maybe she was meant to win the belt by this point. Do you think if she'd not yeah, been injured? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. This might come back to haunt me, by the way, but I'm going to compare Britt Baker's 2020 to Stone Cold Steve Austin's 1997. Whoa! <laughs> wow. Because she, she got a big injury, just like old Stone Cold did, and it forced them to get creative. That's where I'm coming out with that comparison there. Fair. We had Austin on the Zamboni, Britt Baker on her Rolls Royce. We had the, yeah. the stuff in the dentist surgery and... That shot as well. It was the match with Sheeta where she had her nose broke. Well, she had a she, did she have a deviated septum anyway, and then that that knocked it off even further or something like that. And that shot of her covered in blood, like yeah, she looked evil. It, it was looked, great, uh, fantastic as well. Yeah, but um, it's at yeah. least lovely, lovely, lovely for me. It has cooled off a bit. Yeah, which is maybe keep, a little keeping bit... her out the best, but it, good stuff all the same. I reckon. Um, I agree with that. Yeah, we're going lovely, 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 and then Orange Cassidy. Has it? Have we jumped the shark with Orange Cassidy? I'm asking you the question here. It's such a tricky one. <clears throat> He's one that I really can't place between best and lovely, lovely, lovely because that feud with Pac was so good and the match was so good. Revolution. And then, but then the problem is though at Revolution, yeah. But then the problem is once you see Orange Cassidy do all that stuff, does it have diminishing returns every time he does it? I remember after his feud with Jericho, Jericho saying. Well, now we've turned him into a fiery babyface, and I thought he wasn't. Well, that's anyway, wasn't not. He? Yeah, and we don't want him to be just any fiery, but we want him to be a fiery babyface sometimes when he has to be. But we still want him to be Orange Cassidy, and he has gone back towards that a, a little bit. I feel. Um, this is the thing, isn't it, with the gimmick? The sort of is it where it sort of lets itself down? Where I remember when uh, was it when we're building towards the pack match and Chuck Taylor was saying, "You're in for it now, Pack, because he's gonna try." Yeah, yeah. But yeah. now he's trying all the time, isn't he? That sort of like lost its lost its luster a little bit for me. Well, that's what I'm saying. Hopefully, it feels like he's gone back a little bit to how he used to be a little bit in this feud with Miro and Kip Sabian. But oh, I can't place him, Ross. I don't know. I'll go I really best because I love that match with their uh, packet revolution. Go on, then. Because the, the yeah. big fear for well, it was for me anyway, heading into Revolution is more on Pac's side of the tracks, if you want, in the fact that were they going to like make Pac wrestle an Orange Cassidy match rather than make an Orange Cassidy wrestle the Pac match, if that makes any sense. Yeah. To me, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's been a, a year full of highlights again. They're in dangerous territory with, obviously, as we're saying, with the, the stuff becoming a bit like, you know, jumping the shark a bit. Yeah. Mimosa Mayhem match was a highlight the stuff with Chris Jericho um, he failed to take the TNT title from Brody and then he failed to take the TNT title as well from Cody but that was due to a time limit draw oh yeah that was a good match yeah, yeah that was a good match as well so yeah I, st- I still like Orange Cassidy but we are getting dangerously close I reckon just need to sort of you know make him go away for a bit a few more character stuff rather than matches to get that uh, character stuff back on track I reckon yeah but, uh, He's still good. Chris Statlander, who's had a very unlucky year here in 2020, started off the year looking like she was being primed to be a sort of contender for the women's title, which she was, of course. I mean, maybe primed to hold the title. Is that fair? Yes, I, I think maybe. I think that it would have been like, if they'd all gone the way they wanted, maybe it would have gone from Sheeta to Britt Baker and then it would have been Statlander who took it from Britt Baker, maybe? Yeah. Maybe. Where do you... But it might not... Maybe maybe Stalin was one for the future for them. Where do you stand on the whole, oh, she's an alien, <clears throat> that's too silly for the wrestlers? Well, I don't think it's too silly. Uh, 
I feel as though I feel as though I don't know if this is going to make sense or not but I feel as though with with these sort of people like her and Abaddon right they're not literally the things that they are they're just so wacky oh I don't know if that's going to make any sense or not I think, I'm fine with I Chris Statlander thinking of, she's an alien. If you're moaning about Brit, uh, sorry, if you're moaning about Chris Statlander being an alien, you're full of mm. pish. I think it's a load of crap that <laughs> argument. It's wrestling, man. Lighten up, will you? Yeah. Um, of course, we started the year with Chris Statlander locked in a feud with Brandy and the Nightmare Collective. Oh yeah. Remember yeah, all yeah. that stuff at the start of the year? Yeah. Um, what was that segment they did on Dynamite that was universally? Shunned from everybody's memory, including mine. Was it yours as well? Did they take her hair? No. There was something happened. I can't remember. What it was, was it when they were collecting people's hair? Yeah, awesome Kong was collecting. Was that our people all fell us in? Oh, oh. Was it when Chris Stalander and Luther got on each other's faces? Something happened that was weird, and then the cut yeah. to a commercial break, and I'm f- forgetting about it. To be honest with you, lost the title. It, man. Did they recruit? Sorry, go on. Did they recruit her or try to recruit her, and then she said no? And that might have been it. Maybe. But it, it, something weird did happen, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had the title match, obviously, with Nyla Rose, where Chris Statlander was unsuccessful. Then we got injured, and Chris Statlander's last match was in June. So, I mean, it was it was threatening to do some things. Injury cut her down in her prime. She's coming back soonish, I think, going off her social media game. She's been doing some workouts and stuff like that with her rehabilitation. That's good. Rehabilitation, I should say, not workouts. That's shows how much I go to the gym but uh, Chris Statlander bearable just because of the injury and the, yeah, the, unfortunately. the crap at the start of the air with the Nightmare yeah. Collective but she could have a big next year I'm excited Santana and Ortiz proud and powerful headlines for this year stadium stampede match the five star parking lot fight with the best friends uh, they were involved in the Elite Deletion as well of course and the Las Vegas party all the inner circle stuff's always well, pretty much always entertaining what are you saying for Proud and Powerful? I'm saying lovely 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 for Proud and Powerful I think that they've had uh, a really good year in terms of like Jake Hager they've got a place in the inner circle and they've got their own little niche and I think also <clears throat> they can be relied upon to have really good tag team matches when they need to as well mm. and Ortiz is very funny and Santana's very cool so yeah I've got no issues with them being in lovely, 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 lovely tier. I would agree with that. Next up, War Geordie Pack, of course, started the year feuding with Kenny Omega, going after Michael Nakazawa, a 30-minute Ironman match on Dynamite. Uh, Pack lost, of course, after it went to sudden over, sudden death overtime. Yes. That's the way it went. Orange Cassidy feud heading, heading into Revolution. That was so good, as we mentioned, because Orange Cassidy wrestled a Pack match rather than Pac looking like a silly bastard uh, going after Orange Cassidy in that sort of match Death Triangle was then born and then War Geordie Pac thanks to the Covid had seven months off he then goes back and goes after Eddie Kingston Barry Laird and all that malarkey gets the Lucha Bros mm-hmm. back Death Triangle is still a thing then we're, I think they're wrestling on the next Dynamite in a couple of days time aren't they? Oh. Yes I think so Yes yeah. so that's where we are currently so unless something monumental happens Oh, an all right year for Pac. Oh, I was going to say a lovely, lovely, lovely one. I was say I, I was going to say he would have been competing for for best tier if it wasn't for the 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 long layoff that he had. Well, I'll go with that. I was going to just say just because the seven months off would have that ruined. Was things. that long? Oh, that's quite. <clears throat> excuse me, that's quite a long time. But I think he's had some really good matches as well, though. Yeah, as so. well. And he's from Newcastle as well. So and he's from Newcastle. Yeah. Penta. Yeah, uh, started the year with Hangman and Kenny defeating Penta and Ray Phoenix with the, the tag titles on the line. 
that would have been a good match. It doesn't stand out in my mind, but yeah. I'm assuming it would have been fantastic. I can't. Remember. It was. It was. On, I think it was on the same episode as the Cody and Wardlow cage match, which overshadowed it slightly. That's my, but my yeah, view, I good. can't remember it. Uh, Death Triangle then Foreman, of course, who uh, those three lads defeated Joey Janela uh, and Private Party in their first match together. Then, of course, we have the stuff with FTR. Uh, they defeat a lot, a lot, lot of big losses for Pentagon this year. They defeat uh, the Lucha Bros in tag team action. Then, of course, we had the stuff with uh, Eddie Kingston, with Penta being Eddie Kingston's best friend. Uh, Penta would replace Phoenix in the ta- in the tournament, the world title tournament, uh, after Phoenix got injured. Uh, a yes. couple of showcase matches with his brother where they just did some good things and nearly killed each other, doing some death-defying things. Uh, you would think the brothers didn't like each other. The, the stuff oh, they were doing yeah, to each other would. in those matches. Um, <clears throat> Eddie tried to tear them apart, tried to get into um, Penta's head, call him his best friend, tried to kick Ray Phoenix to the curb. Didn't happen, of course. Pat comes back and the death triangle is back on track. Turning out for AAA, of course, as well. On top of that, I haven't seen... Well, did they? Well, on the most recent one, they, they did it earlier on. They the were. Year. They were on Triple Mania. They, uh, they retained the tag belts, which was surprising to everyone because everyone thought this is a good time to drop them. Is that, but the, same, they is that the same reign that, where they won them from... Did they win them from, from Young the Bucks? Bucks? I feel like they did, and it might be the same reign, yeah. Didn't that AEW ladder match ting a while ago? Yeah, maybe. But it's one of the top two. It's lovely, lovely, lovely year for Penta. I think so, yeah, yeah, lovely, lovely, lovely. Not got the wins, but the performances have still been there. I think it's fair to say. And he's been... He's been kind of everywhere for them. He's been very helpful. Like how Asuka's been doing everything in WWE since they've had to restrict everything. I think Penta and Phoenix have done a lot for AW as well. Pretty Peter Avalon, who's... Oh, well... Much of his year has been taken up by the race at the bottom against Brandon Cutler. We've been through that with the initiative, then they split up, then they feud again. A count-out, a double DQ... Then they, uh, then Peter won to become the second worst wrestler in kayfabe in AEW. Then he became pretty, pretty Peter coming out, coming out of that pretty Peter. He became yeah. pretty Peter. Picked pineapples, pecker. Yeah. Um, and he's just been living his best life. I've got written down here on his chaise lounge, or is it just a big pillow on the floor eating grapes in the crowd? <sighs> um, what do you think? Where do you think we should put him? Do you feel harsh putting him in bin? Yeah, because Brandon Cutler's unbearable. Is Brandon Cutler unbearable? Oh, well, then Peter's got to be unbearable as well, then. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what else you say there. He did, he had... I, find him, I find him entertaining, though, to be fair. Yeah. I like. I do like the Even pretty him. Peter shtick when he's he's putting all these garish faces and he's he's clearly not pretty. He's not pretty at all, but he is pretty at the same time. I bet if he tried, I bet if he was actually trying to look nice, he could do all right. Probably. Then we have a yeah. name which I didn't realise was a pun, but is actually a pun. Oh. We have Press 10 Vance. His actual name in AEW was P-R-E-S, then a number 10. Oh. So obviously it used to be Preston, but now it's Press 10. Can you tell me what he's done this year, please? Because I'm, I'm struggling. He teamed with Sean Spears on the New Year's Day episode. I presume it was oh, taped on Dark. 10, right, 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 right. This ten. is in the Dark Order as number 10. Oh right! Oh that's oh him. Yeah him. Oh right. <laughs> oh ten. Oh right. He used to be yeah. He used to be called Preston Vance. And then oh he, now he's pressed ten. Now he's pressed ten it. Vance. 
And he... I thought he was some kind of like guy on Dark, like Lee Johnson or no, something. No, no, this is a, oh, just the That's official ten... roster. And eight. I'm telling you, this is it's massive when you think about it. The official God. roster. Of oh yeah, no, I know, I know ten. Oh, he ten. lost to Moxley on Dynamite. He lost to Orange Cassidy. He then um, the tag team match with the Gun Club. Something or other happened there. Joined the Dark Order. He lost to Dustin to a running bulldog, which is a devastating finishing move yes. when done by Dustin Rhodes, of course. Uh, predominantly, he's done his stuff on Dark, um, but he is the number 10 in the Dark Order. He has a lovely body, uh, a mask <laughs> a mask that I'm sure must cover up a lovely head. I don't know what he looks like. Do you know what he looks like? No, I don't know what he looks like. I'll Google him now. Um, but where, where do you think we go for press 10? Vance, I reckon where's, where's, bearable. Where's Alan, a- where's Alan Angels? So in, in bearable, we have Alan Angels, we have Reynolds, we have... Who else is in the Dark Order? Anna Jay's in All Right, John Silver's in Lovely, 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 Brody Lee's in Lovely, 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 Colt Cabana, Evil Uno, they are in just about bearable. Yeah, I think I think we can put Vance in just about bearable. He's not really, Ten. Not really done too much, has he? Who does he look like? He just looks like a heel, really. You know who's got a bit of a bit of shades of in the face, facially. Um, he's like the love child, right, of uh, Ryan Gosling, which is that's, that's quite a nice thing. To say. That's quite. Why good. is he wearing a mask if that's the case? But he's like the love child of Ryan Gosling and Rob Terry from the British Invasion. <laughs> Turn your computer around. Show the camera. Uh, right. Okay. Wait, I'll get a. Shall we do this and ruin in. the cafe for everybody? I need to zoom in on it. Actually, that's a very good picture of him. He looks great there. Yeah. Well, how do I get a zoom? Um, I'll just hold it up to the camera. Is that gonna? Wow! He looks like Chris. <laughs> looks like Chris Masters from a long way away. Yeah, he does. maybe that's a. Is that an accurate representation of what he looks like? Preston Vance. I don't know if we've just done the wrong thing there because I remember putting a picture in the year 2020, by the way, of Kane, but Kane from like 1997. So it was Kane in his right. original attire, but it was Kane unmasked. I think it was from the Undertaker documentary or something like that. Um, and yeah. people told me to delete it, even though it was from 23 years ago. What? Kane? Yeah. That makes that's weird. Yeah. That's very strange. So, oh. Press 10 Vance with his punny name is in just about bearable. And now we yes. move on to Billy Gunn, who, I don't know if you've seen Austin's twi- tweets over the last little while, but he's in some sort of bodybuilding competition. And if Vince McMahon saw Billy Gunn here in the year 2020, <laughs> wow, the wow. meat on Billy Gunn. He's in incredible shape. Um, in terms of what he's done in AEW, um, he was in the AEW, uh, the All Out Casino Battle Royal. Uh, MJF defeated Billy, not Billy Gunn, just Billy, on an episode of Dynamite. He was in the number one contenders battle royal on Dynamite once again. Uh, Jungle Boy won that one, I think. Did he win that one? I think he won that one. Uh, yes, I think so. But in uh, Gun Club action, he's won 13 of 14 tag team matches, and 12 of 13 of those have happened on Dark. Uh, do we just do we just put Billy where Austin Gun is? Where did Austin go? Bearable, I think. Austin Gunn, Austin Gunn, running through the forest. I think, I think, I think there he is, and just about bearable. He's in just about bearable. Yeah, we'll put him next. Billy to Billy can go with. Yeah, yeah. Even though Billy should, I reckon he should be a stage higher, just because he's defying the odds oh. at the age of seventy-four. Uh, yeah, but he's not. He's no Dustin. He's not. Nah. Well, I mean, phys- physically, yes, absolutely. But in terms of wrestling matches, Dustin's a step above. I think. 
Bearable it is for Billy Gunn. And now we're moving on to QT Marshall. Like to be <laughs> Bearable, Billy Gunn. <laughs> QT Marshall. And I, What's your issue with QT? I just think he's a bit... He, I, it doesn't really add anything for me. It was funny when uh, he was like he was doing the... Um, the Sasuke specials and that, and like you're thinking, oh, he shouldn't be able to do that, but he's doing it, and it's very impressive. But when I see the Nightmare, sorry, the Nightmare Family now, what are they called? Yes. What's, is that the tag team name? The Nightmare Family. Oh, they're the Natural Night- Nightmares. Natural the Nightmares. Night- that's the one. And then the Nightmare Family is like the wider yeah, group. All 100 of them. It's uh, yeah. I, I don't. I, when I see QT Marshall, I don't feel anything inside. No. <laughs> <laughs> do you? Um. Yeah, you know. You don't either. You don't either. <laughs> we, had, we had that sewn up there. Um, in terms apparently, of, he's, sorry, apparently he's very important backstage. He does the training at the, at the Nightmare Factory where he was training it, Hook until Hook went and got trained by his dad or something. And if you, if you listen to um, Cody's second appearance on the... Apparently, whenever someone... Cody, want, Cody said he always wanted to be the guy backstage who if people said... What help me with this? What do I do? Cody knew the answers, and he's since realised that that person is actually QT. He runs the show backstage. Fair play, apparently. but we're here to judge what they've done in the wrestling. Yeah, um, he's been yeah. predominantly on dark so far. In twenty, pardon me, so far in twenty twenty, squash match losses to Brody Lee and to Lance Archer. AEW tag team title match. The the ta- tag team tandem of Page and Omega defeat the Natural Nightmares all out. He did some things with uh, the Natural Nightmares and Matt Cardona. Remember him oh. and Scorpio Sky defeating Colt Cabana and some other members of the Dark Order. Then we have the stuff with Ali and Ali Max now his credit cards oh. and that leading to the bunkhouse match. The bunkhouse match was good. I can appreciate that match. That match was good, yeah. But QT Marshall, do we go all right? Because that's where Dustin is. No, I think he's got to be one below just for that Ali storyline. Yeah, that was a load of crap, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Lever Bates has had four matches here in the year 2020. I, I think she must do social media stuff during right. Dynamite because she's always sat there with the laptop, isn't she, at ringside? Yeah. Just doing gifts like I used to do for WCPW back in the day. Um, she's had four matches this year, including the defeat to, uh, to Big Swole, sorry, on Dynamite. Uh, she she teamed with Rash, Rash Chanel, Rach Chanel. Okay. You recognise that name? Not especially. In the tag team tournament that happened. And then she got a couple of wins on Dark. And then she got stuck, of course, in the middle of the uh, the Peter Avalon and Branda Cutler feud. As she was yeah. sort of the, the, the de facto manager of the, uh, the, the... I've forgotten the name completely. My mind's gone here. The... the of the... The, uh, the, the, uh, the, the in, uh, initiative. That was the one. Oh, yeah. Help yeah. me out here, okay. Jack, for goodness sake. I don't know what, you, I don't know what, what was going on. The, Is this Brandon Cutler and Peter Avalon? Yeah, the initiative. Yeah, yeah, right. Sorry, yes, yeah. So Lever Bates. Ah, it's a hard, it's a, it's a harsh bin. Can she be top of bin? She could be the top of, should be the bottom of the bin. No, the oh, top. Whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah, the top of bin. Yeah, the top of bin. So she's not bottom of bin. By being at the top of the bin, that means she's the least bin worthy. That was my thinking. Yeah, she's almost out the bin. Almost out. She seems like a nice lady. Yeah, absolutely. But and she can do she can do entertaining stuff, but they've just not given four, her a chance. Four to. matches this year, of course, not not, yeah. not much to go off. Ray no. Phoenix, the uh the culty winner for wrestler of the year in twenty nineteen, has had a good twenty twenty. I think I think with Phoenix, 
we just need to put him where where Pentagon is. Yeah, surely. Yeah, I mean that's it, isn't it? If, if Pac's in love. That, oh, how nice is that? Death triangle, oh. all in a row, in lovely, lovely, oh, lovely. They're, they're death. Excellent. They're more like the way that the pictures are square, and they're in a sort of line there. They're more like death oblong. <laughs> that sounds far less. <laughs> Somehow that sounds far less intimidating <laughs> than Death Triangle, and I don't know why it should be. It's got one more side, but yeah, I mean Death Oblong. We've just about covered everything Ray did when we talked about Penta in terms of the tag team matches they've had, the showcase matches they had against each other, the angle with Eddie Kingston. They're just good, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't think of anything else to say about Phoenix. Really good. Tully Blanchard. Ooh. interesting yeah because at the start of the year you may recall that Sean Spears was looking for a tag team partner and Tully Blanchard was at the forefront of that with a, a social media fan send your videos in kind of thing I think Simon Miller got pretty close didn't he or something I don't know yeah um, I'd have picked Simon I'd have picked Simon as well he's got lovely big muscles and he's a very nice yeah. man to boot uh, the angle was dropped however because of the COVID pandemic and stuff and then I think Tully went home for a while because of the COVID and because he's old and maybe he's got some underlying health issues I'm speaking out of turn here I'm not or he's just shielding you was shielding just playing it safe, safe as we all did yeah, the start yeah, of the absolutely. being sensible uh, he then returned and then we had the stuff with um, obviously when Tully was away Sean Spears did the match with uh, Dustin and then the boxers yeah. were there with Tully's face on Sean Spears tally Huaca. So Blanchard returned and said, Sean, you're not being serious enough, pal. Here is a glove from the 1980s. And then that, that glove gave Sean Spears the ability to wrestle really well over, all of a sudden. <laughs> and then, yeah. obviously, it's, it's, it's filled with some lead when it wants to be, and it's, it's, it's a throwback to the 80s. And FTR, he started managing them to close the year. Well, not to close the year out, sort of as we reached the middle of the year, the height of summer, all that malarkey. That's a, that's a, a match made in heaven. It's just got to be done, hasn't it? With obviously Tully's yeah. past in the in the wrestling ring, I'm flagging here big time. It's been a very long day. Tully Blanchard, where do you want to put him? I want to put him in all right. I think. What were you thinking? I think that's fair. It's been understated this year, hasn't it, for Tully Blanchard? I think so, and I think he also had a promo once where he didn't quite explain it that well when they were explaining the, the rules of the Open Challenge. Yeah. And I was like, Tully, what are you getting at here? Mm. But generally, I think he's been all right. Ricky Starks. The revolution is televised but started in the NWA. He defeated Eddie Kingston in the first round, Matt Cross in the second round, and Tim Storm of oh, all what? people in the semi-finals no. of the, um, wow. the, the NWA World Television Championship tournament, and then he finally defeated Trevor Murdoch in the finals. What a what a what a win sheet that that's is. A, the that's names a murderous on row of opponents, <laughs> <laughs> especially Tim Storm. Wow. Tim Storm. Did Joe Hendry ever get that match against Tim Storm? No, Joe didn't get the match against Tim. I wish he had. It'll have to happen one day. Uh, but then Starks would go on to lose the title to Zicky Dice on the uh, the March 3rd episode of Power. Right. Uh, open challenge for the TNT Championship is how he would debut in AEW. He would obviously impress because he's a very impressive man, both to look at and to listen to and to watch doing the wrestles. Uh, yeah. Dark. He defeated Will Hobbs, and then he started aiding Brian Cage in certain matches, helping uh, Brian Cage to attack the likes of Robert Anthony and Darby Allen, and he created the alliance, which would turn into Team Taz. Then we feud with Darby Allen. He would dress up as Darby Allen and do all that good stuff. Uh, Power- oh, that was a bit. Nah, that was a bit weak for me. Just that bit. 
just that bit. It was, uh, was alright, I thought. Yeah, it was okay. I might have crapped in it at the time, I can't quite remember, to be honest with you. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and then Ricky Starks would obviously be ta- teaming together towards the end of the year as Darby and Cody would be on the other side of the ring and the debut of Stang. But it's been a pretty decent breakout year for Ricky Starks, all in all. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, I feel like he's got a lot of promise and I think that AEW are very interested in him alongside people like MJF and Darby as someone for the future so I'd say lovely 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 he's not quite had a Darby year but I think he's he's getting there isn't he yeah he'll be there and thereabouts this time yeah. next year surely TNT title reign maybe possibly yeah I can see it happening Sammy Guevara ooh similar to you, right uh, had it not been for the Matt Hardy feud which went, which went wrong for various reasons not just the fall but had it not been for the Matt Hardy feud, I'd be saying Sammy's got to be top tier. But because of the Matt Hardy feud, which did eat up quite a lot of time and was quite bad, he's getting relegated for me just down to lovely, lovely, lovely. I'll go with that. He's always entertaining yeah. when he's on the screen. Uh, the start of the year, he was feuding with Darby Allen, of course, but he lost the match at Revolution 2, Darby. Um, beaten by Darby again in the first round of the TNT title tournament. Memes with golf carts happened. Stadium stampede. Broken rules, elite deletion, all that good stuff. Yeah. That's pretty much his 2020 inside the wrestling ring for AEW. Yeah. I think I think that's fair then. I think lovely, lovely, lovely is the, the fair place to put him. Is he going to turn face and leave the inner circle thanks to MJF? I think that's the way it's going, isn't Yes. It? Yes, I'd say so. How many are left, Ross? Uh, there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven... 8, 9, 10, 11. I can't even count anymore. It's been that long of a day. But 11 left. 11. And the first of Okay, those, that's all right. That's not That's not bad. We can do this. That means we've done 70 so far. There's 70 people oh, in that table. My There's 70 word. pictures in that table. A bit more than 70 people. Now we have Brandy Rhodes, who debuted... <sighs> well, not debuted. Who started this year, I should say, with the Nightmare Collective. Still very much a thing, but they were disbanded, rightfully, in February because they were a load of crap. Uh, <laughs> we had a... Uh, a period of time where yeah. she was Cody's manager, she was Dustin's manager, she was inoffensive, she was good, she was doing some good things. Then we had the stuff with the Nightmare Sisters, with Ali, where Ali was, of course, the the bunny, inexplicably, yeah. I guess, but I guess this was her debut. No, because she was in that battle royal, wasn't she, at the, the, the show we were at, wasn't she? Ali, was she? Or Brandy? Ali. Ali was. Ali, yeah, Ali was, I think, yeah. Yeah, so she turned... Yeah, Brandy, Brandy was managing Awesome Kong, she brought her out, yes. Yeah. But then she turned into the bunny for a bit, and then all of a sudden she was part of the Nightmare Sisters with uh, Brandy, and they lost yeah. in the finals of the women's tag team tournament. Thank God, because it was becoming a bit Charlotte Flair-ish with Brandy. I thought a little bit. I, I feel like Brandy is a hard one to judge because, like you say, the, there's not a lot of consistency with her. I think she's just about bearable at the minute. I think, yeah. But what were you saying? We can't put Brandy in the bin. Can't put Brandy because she is a good promo. Yes, yeah, she you is. Can't a good take promo. her away from her. I don't like. No. To be honest with you, I think she's that far down the, the the totem pole in terms of wrestling. I know she's got better, but there's there's. I mean, every single woman just about in that list is above her in terms of wrestling ability. Is that? Yeah, she's not. I mean, she's not much of a. But I think she'd 
probably admit that herself, hopefully. She's more of a character but than a wrestler. The character wouldn't admit that. Because a character... No, a character wouldn't. ...had Shaq just sat there going, hey, maybe while your arms in the cast, you could take some notes from Jade. Ha <laughs> ha! And she was like, what? Is that a joke? As if she was stood there... <laughs> as if she was stood there being Sasha Banks. Spread heart. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sasha Banks, Eero Shirai, well, who I mentioned last week, but... Uh, I, I took that as um, her being annoyed because... Jade was the woman who broke her arm, and why would she want to watch her for pointers when she broke her arm? But maybe you're right. Maybe it was because Brandy thinks she's class. Yeah, uh, that's the very much the the vibe I get from Brandy. Uh, the character of Brandy when she appears on TV, at least when she's not being a a, a bona fide baby face. Because obviously, as I've said earlier, the first two weeks of the Jade stuff, she was a baby yeah. face. Like you don't speak to my man like that. Whew. Yeah. And then she was yeah. like, um, yeah, getting the sympathetic baby face arm break. And then she rocked. I know she might have been a bit rattled by what had happened, but like having to go at Tony Schiavone for just calling Tony's fault. for just calling her the CBO of AEW while reading off everything Shaq does. How is that? What's how is that something against Tony? Well, what's Tony Menig? Yeah, no, Tony Menig, yeah. former SmackDown ring announcer. <laughs> well, I don't know what else he's going to say. Went through a table at a WCPW show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that was she that did. was just a heel thing she did on that on last week's Dynamite as well. Sat here, maybe that'll change. Who knows? It's very inconsistent maybe. with Brandy. She does seem to overshadow a lot when she appears on screen. When maybe she doesn't need to, and it's a bit. That's where I'm saying it's a bit Charlotte Flairish, because Charlotte Flair obviously was winning the NXT Women's Title, and then that only benefited her when it should have benefited yeah. other people. And maybe Brandy yeah, should true. be using her star power to help bring up other people to I don't know it's just no I, I know what you mean maybe I'm just maybe left asking like why is she on the TV like what's what what we're really doing here when Brandy's on TV a lot of the time yeah I know what you mean I, I think just about bearable for me though yeah because Nightmare Collective as well that was a thing at this year and that is unforgivable <sighs> AEW Scorpio Sky lost the, well he was he was was he no he didn't lose the tag team titles did he no, he did. I think it was him and Kazarian. Him and Kazarian, was it? Yes, it I was. Think it of was course, that, yeah. I think it was that combination, yeah. Because yeah. it was the big story where Jim. That was the best work of Jim Ross's AEW career, was that tag team tournament, commentating on Scorpio Sky, getting to the finals, yeah. losing his boot and yeah. all that stuff. Uh, so he lost the tag team titles. Singles just about ever since with a brand new banging theme. He was in the Casino Battle Royal, predominantly on dark, though, for a lot of the year. Uh, he defeated Ben Carter on Dynamite, though, as well. That's a match. Oh, I, Ben Carter. I can't remember that yeah. happened. Uh, it was like a classic sort of um, experienced guy versus the young upstart kind of match and then Ben Carter went back here to NXT UK yes. um, the feud with Sean Spears sort of started going places I think uh, Scorpio Sky was dressed up as Mantar wasn't he one week <laughs> yeah that was weird Or a fa- he was a fan dressed as Mantar I hope <laughs> I hope he wasn't the real Mantar um, so yeah that's, that's pretty much Scorpio Sky's yeah you'd think more to come next year I'd, I'd hope, you'd, I'd, you'd I'd hope so. Hope I'd so. Hope so. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he's all right for me, Yeah, Scorpio Sky. Yeah. I think we'd feel a bit wrong if we put him in just about bearable because, again, I don't think yeah, it's yeah. much down to his fault. He is just, he's good every single time he appears on the TV, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. Sean Spears, on the other hand, though, this is weird. It's a weird one. Because the way the year began looking for a tag team partner, a, a, a storyline, fair enough. It was, it was fair enough. It was things that were happening. Then we had the match with... Uh, Dustin, as we said, with the boxer shorts, and that was a bit like you left WWE to do that, did you? That's a bit weird. Yeah, that was weird. Um, the first loss, the first round loss, sorry, in the TNT title tournament to Cody, obviously harking back to a feud, one of the bigger feuds, I guess, of 2019. 
Um, and then the glove debuted, and that's where we sort of find ourselves now. Will Sean Spears be... Will Sean Spears be in this much-rumoured Four Horsemen of AEW? Uh, I don't even know if that's a thing. It's going to be, isn't Do it? Do you think it's a thing? Just, who's, who's in it? FTR's just released merchandise with horses FTR? on. And I don't know if it's just because uh. Tully's there, but there's three horses there. And that the hand signals that, isn't it, with a three instead of the four? There's all yeah, these yeah, yeah. Maybe it'll never be a thing. Maybe it'll just be a thing. Ah, we're working you smarts because you well, think I, we know. I thought, I thought the three were them and Tully. I didn't think Spears was. Uh, oh yeah, know. that's that. That is the three. Yeah, Spears is involved in that three. But but the fact. Oh, but the fact that there's horses on it yeah. is a tease, right? Okay, maybe it would be them. Surely it's got to be. I hope they wouldn't, but it's got to be Hangman. He's a he is a horseman. He is a he horse. He literally is. Yeah. Well, he is a horse, yeah. But Sean Spears' 2020 has been weird. It's been I know, maybe just about... I know maybe they were building towards a big debut for a, a new tag team partner before COVID got in the way, and maybe that's been put on the, yeah. put on the back burners for a while. But bearable? Yeah, I'd say just about bearable. He did chop Chris Van Vliet a lot of times. Yes, he did. Him and Tyler Breeze. What a pair of uh, well, well, not not just him. All of their, yeah, all of their school as well. Yeah. Sunny Kiss formed a tag team with Joe Janela this year. The vignettes and the cars—they're all good stuff. Challenged Cody for the TNT title. Was involved. Oh yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was a good match. Involved in the Casino Battle Royal squash match loss to Kenny Omega in the AEW Title Eliminator Tournament, and then uh, Sunny's had lots of uh, singles matches on Dark. That's pretty much been Sunny's year. I have two questions. Where's Janella and does Sonny's match with Cody elevate him a tier above Janella or is it not enough? Joey Janella is not unbearable. Joey Janella is in. Where the hell is Joey Janella? I thought we put him in bearable. Did we put him in bearable? There he is. He's in bearable. I do beg me pardon. Sonny Kiss has done more than Joey Janella this year, hasn't he? Yes, yeah. yes. So but should we go all right? En- enough, though. Enough to... Enough to make, enough to push Sonny Kiss to all right. It's all right or bearable. That's the conversation we're having, isn't it? Can he can he be top of bearable? Top of bearable. Pushing Rio off the top spot oh. and just about bearable. What a manoeuvre! And then we have Sting, who does have a win loss graphic thing next to his name on the AEW official <laughs> roster, which is terrifying. Could a match with Cody Rhodes be about to happen? The debut was fantastic, but I don't know how high we can put Sting. No, I don't know how high we can put Sting either. But we can't put him in bin because, as you say, the debut was fantastic. We can't put him in bearable because the debut was fantastic. Oh, he said he's going he's got to go in all Should right. Should put him in all right just because he's done nothing, nothing inoffensive so far. Nothing bad so far. Obviously, when people are watching this, he'll have squashed Cody and he'll be challenging <laughs> for the belt and everything. But for now, as we record this, that's the yeah, thing. Is that right. I don't know if you've been getting messages, but I've been getting a lot of messages in terms of like, oh, if this was in WWE, Ross, you would have been Loads. saying something different. But it's not. Yeah, it's the fact that he hasn't been winning. He's not been put in the AEW title picture so far. So unless that happens, I think we're finding just saying they've used him all right so far. If he's I there so, to put yeah. more stock on Darby Allen's name, good. That's what he should be there for. Yes, I agree. Vicky Guerrero, underwhelming. Ooh, fight for the fallen. Yeah. Fight for the fallen. Guerrero was revealed as Nyla Rose's mysterious, mysterious mystery manager. St- mysterious manager. Whoa, mysterious Vicky. Um, yes. And then basically all that's happened ever since is a couple of promos, really basic promos by Vicky standards. By the way, where she's like, "I'm here. I'm Vicky Guerrero's. Uh, sorry, I'm Nyla Rose's business manager, and I do bad yeah. things to people." 
Jade Cargill's arm break on Brandy. She assisted that. But other than that, we're scratching. We're clawing. Looking for things to speak about in terms of Vicky Guerrero in AEW. A couple of commentary outings as well, I guess we should mention as well. But it's been very underwhelming. <sighs> Can we put Vicky in Ben? Does Vicky go in Ben? Have you done it? Have you put her in? I can't see your tears. I'm trying, to think, I'm trying to think what she's done to keep her out the bin. There's not much. I don't there. know if she's done it or not. No. We'll put it in the bin just in terms of you think Vicky Guerrero being the heel manager for a professional wrestler here in 2020. It should be a hell of a lot more than it is yes. at the minute. That's the premise. But there could be there could be something on the horizon because remember she berated Nyla, and then Nyla took it and walked off. But then she appeared with Nyla. To beat up oh no! They scrapped that. Oh, they scrapped that. I hope not. I hope that comes back. That did happen. I hope they tie that I remember, up. The, I remember what you were speaking about. The yeah, promo and then you're the, right. The sort of stare down, after. and then the, the the Jade assist happened after that. So it did. Right then, Stu Grayson. No idea what to say about Stu. What's he done? Why, why is he not wrestling? Why is he not wrestling anymore? He's really good. He's a fantastic wrestler. Absolutely. But it's all in tag matches, obviously with Evil Uno predominantly. Lots of wins yeah. on AEW Dark. I think he's won his last seven matches on AEW Dark at the time of recording. He never, he never craps the bed. He's always a good. He always puts on a good wrestling match. But yeah, yeah. I don't know what else you say. Really, all right, lovely. Where's Uno? Uno's in bearable. I think Stu's got to go in bearable. He's done less than Uno for me. Should I put him in bearable next to Uno? Yeah, which sounds really harsh, but. Those lads can have a better 2021, yeah. I'm sure of it. I hope they do as well, because the Dark um, Order, yeah. they've been getting over, getting over, look at me using insider phrases, oh. getting popular. I don't like using I don't like using the insider phrases on video. I don't like getting, getting over. Uh, getting popular organically on AEW, oh, sorry, on BTE. Yes. Haven't they? So hopefully that bleeds over more onto the televised stuff. Right hopefully. then, into the final one, two, three, four we go. Butcher and the oh. Blade. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Whoa, I wasn't expecting that from you. No, I like the Butcher and so the Blade. Do I. I like the Butcher and the Blade very much, especially the Butcher. Yeah, the Butcher's fantastic. I think, I think the Blade's good as well. I didn't like the storyline with Ali or the NQT Marshall, but it did, as you mentioned, lead to the Bunkhouse Brawl, which was good. And I just I find them entertaining, whatever they do, really. They're, they're really good, solid heel tag team wrestlers. And... And I like their alliance with Eddie Kingston as well. I like that different style as well, because both of them, especially Butcher, and I don't know if this is because I saw it was his like his forty something birthday the other day, the Butcher. Oh alright. He's been in that band since like nineteen ninety eight, that their band. The band that's Sam the Sam music, yeah. The Sam music? The it's like music that Sam was it would every, like. Yeah. Every time I die, is that what they're called? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. that's just like the late nineties, which shows how old he well, is. I didn't think he was that old, but uh, they're they're definitely a throwback style, which is very much welcome in this AEW tag team division because mm. there's a lot of tag teams who do wrestle the same style. And here's a match that happened this year, Jack. MJF, the Butcher, and the Blade defeated Diamond Dallas Page, Dustin oh, Rhodes, and QT Marshall. That was this year. That was this wow. year, apparently. Um, it's crazy but yeah great theme great wardrobe love their clothes um, the match against the Bucks if you spoke about their Eddie Kingston the bunkhouse is that is lovely 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 a bit too high no I think we'll put I think we'll put well, in there it's in Christmas isn't it it's, it's in Christmas yeah, <laughs> it's Christmas it's time Christmas. we're feeling generous but I don't think we can put Ali in lovely 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 because apparently I got told 
because I was making a big hoo-ha on my WTF moments when whatever dynamite it was when she came back as the bunny. She oh. turned into normal Ali without much of a storyline thing. She then turned back into the bunny after not much of a storyline thing. Yeah. Why did she turn back into but into bunny? Because she was back with the butcher and the blade. But I don't why? know. Because what do you mean? What or why? Yeah. Why did that happen? It, they didn't explain it very well. It was all a ruse from Kingston to prove that the Nightmare Family could be easily infiltrated. I don't, I don't That's know. That's a nice gap you filled in there. It wasn't my. It wasn't my suggestion. I think someone on Twitter said that. Oh, I'll read it. I beg your pardon. But, but Ali. But I did. I like. I liked it. Ali. Why is she not wrestling more? I don't know, actually. I don't know, because remember at the start when they were announcing the big signings to the women's division and they, it seemed like Ali was going to be where what Britt Baker became, essentially, like one of the, one of the faces of it. But she was a mainstay for the Impact women's division for ages, wasn't she? She was. Her and yeah, Chelsea. she had a wedding at... She had a... Laurel Van Ness. Yeah, her and Chelsea Green and people yeah. like that. Yeah, the, the wedding angle with, 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 the, with blade. the blade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no sign of the butcher. He would have been fantastic in a wedding scenario. Yeah. Um... I think she goes in bearable for now. I think bearable, yeah. Not quite bin-worthy. Yeah. Although we do need some gaps filled in when it comes to Ali in terms of the storytelling and why she does the things she does and stuff like that. But that's not her fault. That's the power that be's fault. Uh, yeah. Wardlow. Ooh. Obviously, the steel cage match with Cody is the main headline for him this year. I guess the other main headline is them sort of teasing him, getting fed up with MJ, uh, MJF's bull poo. Um, yeah, they, like they were going to break up for a while there, but that seems to have gone away over the last few weeks. Other big things: he got to the semi-finals of the World Title Eliminator Tournament before Hangman Page beat his ass. We had the big lumberjack match against Luchasaurus. He's had lots of wins on AEW Dark, and that's just about it. Uh, the interactions with Jake Hager. Hopefully, they have sex for Christmas or something. Like that. Rife with tension. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where do you want to go with? All right. I was going to say just edges into Lovely Lovely. Oh, I'll go, I'll go with that. Why the hell not? Because I think he's had enough standout performances now. I think he, and I'm enjoying the very slow burn Batista Triple H thing with him and MJF as well. And I do like the F10 as a finisher. Yeah. Take that, Brock. And then finally, last but not least, we have oh, wow. Powerhouse Hobbs, the 81st okay. entrant into this mammoth oh. whopping tier thing. See how weird that is? There's 81 things. We've put in that tier thing, and each of them are just about like prominently featured on Dynamite. It's crazy, it's huh? Yeah, yeah. Powerhouse Hobbs. He appeared for West Coast Pro Wrestling at the start of the year. Lots of matches on AEW Dark. He was losing matches to the likes of Scorpio Sky, to Ricky Starks, to Orange Cassidy, to Sean Spears. He lost to Darby Allen on Dynamite. He was in the Casino Battle Royal. His reaction to Matt Seidel's botch was massively praised. <laughs> Yes. on the interweb because everyone knows everything on the interweb he was then signed to AEW a proper contract in September he was then helping John Moxley in John Moxley's battles against Brian Cage and Team Taz and people like that yeah. eventually however he would turn into a bastard by aligning with Team Taz turning on Cody and then he ran away from a 61 61 is he 61 or 62 60 whatever year old man with a bat uh, winter is coming of course when Sting debuted so obviously yeah. more to come from Powerhouse Hobbs in the year 2021 but as a 2020 I liked him as a baby face I don't like him as a heel he's doing his job he's big he's scary he's got a lovely singlet hasn't wrestled all too much but um, what he's done he's alright isn't 
uh, yeah, had this been had this been before the heel turn, I would have said maybe just about bearable, because his gimmick seemed to be running in with a chair, too late to help anybody. That was on purpose, though, wasn't it? But it but yes, but it was on purpose because he didn't want to batter his mate who he was about to join. Now that he's turned heel and he's very effective and put on maybe the best bear hug I've ever seen on Darby Allen. Yeah, I'm right. Give him... a Christmas present oh. called Jim Ross. You ever done that with Christmas Wait. present? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> but but great work by both of them in that move. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say he's all right probably with with up all right with the potential to go even further. Of course, this potential. I put him in all right about a minute and a half ago. That's how long he's been in the all, all right, right category. Fair enough, yeah. So there we have it. We've come to the end. How long have we been going there? I don't think it was quite as long as the NXT video, but there we go. Let's find out, though, Jack, before we bugger off and enjoy Christmas. Uh-huh. Who is the best of the best? Who has had the best 2020 in all of AEW? Has Chris Jericho had a better 2020 than Hangman Page? Oh, it's very close, but I'd say that Hangman has had the better 2020. Has Cody Rhodes had a better 2020 than Hangman Page? Oh, my God. This is very tricky. Mm, no, I think Hangman's been more consistent. Has Darby Allen had a better 2020 than Hangman Page? No, he's been in and out of it a little bit more. Has Eddie Kingston had a better 2020 than Hangman Page? No, he came in halfway through. Has John Moxley had a better 2020 than Hangman Page? (sighs) That's really tricky. Uh, No. No, I think Hangman's actually had a better one. Has Kenny Omega had a better 2020 than Hangman Page? Yeah, he's beaten him. And he's won the belt and stuff. So yeah, Kenny Omega has had a better 2020 because he's directly beaten Hangman Page. However, Hangman's going to be the man to do it, Ross. Hangman's going to beat him in the future. I'd agree with that. Especially over the past... You've got to think about the impact stuff as well there. While yeah. Hangman's sort of been floundering and flirting with the Dark Order, I reckon that's that's a justifiable pick there. MJ And I think as well, sorry. I was sorry, I was just about to say, and I think Kenny's really been hyping up how nobody kicks out the one winged angel. It's gotta be Hangman who kicks out of that first shoe. Apparently Kurt Rabushi did a few years ago in DDT or something like that. Oh well Ibushi's allowed to do they're they're pals, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I got told off for making that a WTF moment, even though the record oh, books right. the record books they show it did happen. And Okada yeah. only got his foot on the rope. So that's not a kick out, that's just a foot on the road. That's not a kick out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has MJF had a better 2020 than Kenny Omega? No, but it's actually very close. Have the Young Bucks had a better 2020 than Kenny Omega? No, but it's actually very close. Has Orange Cassidy had a better 2020 than Kenny Omega? No, but it's quite close. (laughs) So there we have it. Back-to-back tier videos done for me today, although that makes no sense because they've been edited on separate days and published on separate right. days as well. So why I've said that, I've got no idea, but Kenny Omega has had the best 2020 in all of the 81 things on the AEW roster. Tag teams, managers, wow. all the above. Commentators can go away for this tier ranking. Jack, any closing thoughts before we bugger off? Nah, just echoing what you said there about... Um how it's amazing they've got so many elements but they make them all feel relatively special and have a little spotlight of their own it's like and it's and, like, oh, and oh go it's on. like Sir Alex Ferguson rotation policy yes it very much is keeps them all fresh and, and all, also, all special at the same time and also hope everyone's enjoying our festive content and stay tuned for everything that's coming up so there we have it 
Go on, just go on, my son. No, what I'm saying here. Go on and compare <laughs> each finished tier ranking thing and find out which roster has had the best 2020. Off memory, I think it might be NXT, but then again, this is very subjective, and that might just be Tom Campbell putting the pressure on me and putting very positive man, very positive man, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so there we have it. That's the end of this, this video, Jack. Gary, thank you very much. I've forgotten my Thanks name. Very I've forgotten much. where I am. I've forgotten what I do. Just thank you for watching all that we've done in the year 2020. This might be going live in 2021. I should have checked the schedule before I came and sat in this very chair. Whenever it goes out, I hope you've enjoyed it. I've been Gary YouTube. Follow me at Ross on Wrestling. Follow him at Jack. No, that's not that anymore, is it? Follow him at Jack. Just Jack Jabber. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. We'll see you next time on this tier ranking thing. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.